Welcome to the home stretch, Sports Radio 810 WHB. Sterling Holmes live in studio now until 10 p.m. A lot of Chiefs talk. I don't know, Kyle. Kyle's behind the glass. Should we talk hockey? Baseball? Um, some tennis, maybe? You want to talk about the Royals record or um, U.S. Open? or hmm, What else could we talk? What else big is happening in a, um, in a couple... In fairness, I'm already sick of talking Chris Jones, but I'm going to do it either way. Yeah, I feel like Andy Reid yesterday at the podium. Andy Reid's podium. I get what, it's supposed to be a fast Friday, but the game's on Thursday, so it's uh, uh, a tense Tuesday. Because, my goodness, Andy Reid wanted to get out of there ASAP. But that's how I feel trying to keep talking Chris Jones and now, to an extent, Travis Kelsey. But if you had the biggest press conference of the Chiefs this year was going to happen at a Ronald McDonald house. Check that off your bingo card. Surprisingly, not the free space. We'll play a lot of audio from today from Chris Jones. Uh, We'll play some from Jason Kelsey. He had a little take on uh, Travis Kelsey's knee. We'll also play one from Dan Campbell that I thought was pretty interesting. But yes, it's going to be a lot of Chiefs talk. It's going to be well, quite frankly, all Chiefs talk, but a lot of Chris Jones, a lot of Travis Kelsey, and then also Kyle and myself will be giving bold takes, okay? We're going to have some bold takes laid out for not just the Chiefs-Lions week one on, I guess, tomorrow now, one more sleep, one more sleep away, but for the entire season as well. When we do our bold take segment, feel free to call in. I want to hear your guys' bold takes, too. So when we get to the bold take segment, join us. It will be fun. Uh, Briscoe will be joining us at 9 o'clock for the entire 9 to 10 hour. Going to be a lot of fun talking with him. All right, Kyle, I'll let you choose. Choose your own adventure, my guy. You want to start with Chris Jones and this saga first? Or Travis Kelsey? I feel we should get Chris Jones out of the way. You want to get Chris just Jones get out, of out of the way? Right. Yeah, I the, feel like the, that's how Andy Reid feels. He just wants it to get done Just with. get it done with? Exactly. Okay. So let's start with the chunk of Chris Jones. He had a interview at the, the Ronald McDonald House, which let me preface this by saying before we play the audio, whatever your thoughts are on Chris Jones, I have mine. Everyone has their own. They have their own opinions. Everyone does. He actually mentions it, mentions it in his little speech that he gives. But whatever your thoughts are, and I understand him doing charity at this point, it's good PR. I understand him doing charity at this point only benefits him. I get this. He's trying to sway the media, trying to sway the fans. I get all this. I understand what Chris Jones is trying to do by doing some charity the day before the first game of the NFL season. What I'm also going to say is I can't knock the guy. I'm not going to ever bleep on a dude because he's giving back to the community and, and doing some charity work. Okay, PR stunt or not, don't care. He's doing something good. Okay, So... I get what folks are going to say, and everybody's going to say, well, of course he's doing charity right now. He wants to get you on his side. Hey, I get all that. I'm still going to give the dude credit for going out there and doing it, okay? 
a guy doing it in a contract dispute when obviously he knows he's going to be out front and center being asked and talked about nonstop from the media. I will give him some credit. So without further ado, here is Chris Jones talking to the media today. I um, can't really talk about it. Um, hopefully it gets worked out. You know, um, it's always been my goal to be a Kansas City Chiefs for life. I've, um, I've said that multiple times on social media platforms from interviews, and they know where I, my position is at, and uh, hopefully we can get something worked out for the Has long term. Has been frustrating for you? Well, Not at all. describe what it's been like? It's been okay. Peaceful for me. I've been in Miami um, just training, uh, staying focused, understanding that um, this is a process. You miss your teammates, though, and your guys, you know, I mean, all the OTAs, mini camps, and all that stuff. Do you miss that part of it right now? Um, I've been keeping in contact with my teammates. Uh, I'm still working out every day, still doing similar things that they do in training camp. Um, the camaraderie, you know, we got a lot of new players. Uh, miss that aspect of it, but I'll be ready to go when that time calls. Chris, do you feel like you've let, let your teammates down at all? That's the criticism. That's the only criticism I've heard all. How? The, that's what I got to ask. How have I let them know? Um, it's just like um, when you're at a job and you, you, you ask for an extension, right? And you ask for a raise, right? You're not letting anyone down. Who are you letting down for asking your boss for a raise, right? So um, when, you, when you take the personal feelings out of it, you kind of can get it. All I'm doing is asking for a raise. What's the Chris? plan for tomorrow for you? Are you going to watch the game? Um, I don't know yet, man. I, I don't know. I uh, could be playing. I could be on the sideline. I don't know. Uh, we'll see tomorrow. Chris, is it still your intentions to, to be with the team in 2024 and future years, or will this conversation sort of change maybe your ongoing look about maybe playing the career, your entire career with the Chiefs? Well, um, I know for right now I'm on the contract this year. Um, that's an answer for Clark Hunt to make. What would you – what would you – I guess, what are you hoping to get most out of the negotiations right now from Clark, considering what you guys have talked about so far? Well, you know, um, I asked for an extension. Uh, unfortunately, that haven't been brought yet. So um, we just see where it goes. You know, we got a whole year ahead of us, and things change. Um, situations could change in a year. So uh, right now, I'm under contract for the rest of this year, and we're just going to make the best of it. I know how much you love and enjoy playing football, but how odd will it feel if you have to take – do you hold out fully two eight weeks to not be with the guys if, if that what you feel is necessary? We don't know yet, man. Uh, this is week one, right? Yep. So we'll one. see where it goes. Chris, can you explain why it's not possible to be in with the Chiefs and negotiate at the same time? I didn't want to be a distraction. Um, I could have done a hold-in, uh, but that's even more of a distraction. I'd be there holding in while all the guys are there, you know what I mean? Um, just a bigger distraction. Is there, is there any scenario in which you would show up for a, contra- a new contract extension that you're seeking. We shall see. I just you look like you're in shape. You look like you're really, what do you weigh? Are you ready to go out and play? Uh, man, listen, I can play right now. I'm good. <laughs> I, I work out every day, twice a day. I've been in Miami with my team that I normally be with in, um, in my off season, and um, I'm staying at it, man, staying at it. Chris, just to be clear, you haven't asked to be traded or anything like that as part of this whole thing? I haven't said anything, man. I've just been enjoying life. You said week eight, too. I mean, is that still a legitimate timeline? You mentioned We that shall see, man. Um, right now it's week one, so we should see how this thing goes. You know, um, things can change in the amount of days. You know, it's 24 hours in a day, right? Mm-hmm. So it's 24 hours for, you know, for feelings to change, positions to change, and situations to change, man. All we can do is take it an hour at a time, right? What's your message to Chiefs fans? Hey, um, 
what can I say? Um, opinions are like buttholes. Everybody got them and they all stink, right? So, you know, um, some going to like it, some going to respect it, and some is going to dislike it. Um, that's just the way it is. You can't make everybody happy, unfortunately. Um, as much as you try to do and as much as you try to appease people, you're not going to make everyone happy. Unfortunately, I'm sorry. And I'm just asking for a raise, right? Chris, Thank you. Sometimes, one more question. Sometimes one more question. There's animosity sometimes in situations like this between, like, the general manager and the player because, you know, it's a negotiation. How are things between you and your team and, and Brett Veach at this point? Has there been progress involved in this time? I don't think there's no animosity between me and the Chiefs organization. I think there's just a... a you know, a little disagreement, you know. Um, I'm asking for a raise. They feel like this is what I deserve. I feel like I deserve more. And um, just a misunderstanding. Are you closer? I, I hope so. How much time will it take you once a deal gets done for you to be on the field? A deal's get done today, I'll be out there tomorrow. So a lot to get into. Ton to unpack. We're going to go bullet by bullet, Okay. First, I want to start with the, he keeps saying he wants to be a chief for life, okay? I want to start here because this is the overarching theme is he keeps saying time and time again, even before the contract dispute came, came, uh, came about, it was, I want to be a chief for life. And when rumblings started to surround Chris Jones in his contract, when, it, when we started to get the first inklings of, all right, maybe he's not happy. He wants a new contract. Let's see what it's going to be. But he kept saying he wants to be a chief for life. I kept getting told by people, listen to the man. He wants to be a chief for life. And I kept saying, I don't take that as anything. He wants to be a chief for life at a certain price. Okay? Whenever you hear a player say, I want to be this for life, I want to play for this team for life, 95% of the time, not all, 95% of the time, they want to at a certain price. That's what it comes down to. I love Chris Jones. He's a great player. But when he said he wants to be a chief for life and people took that at face value, that's politics, baby. Same thing with what the team is doing, okay? Don't get it twisted. Both sides. Takes two to tango. It's politics right now. And right now, Chris Jones is losing the politic war. In this entire speech, which we're going to go through, again, bullet point by bullet point, didn't look good. I'm going to say it. Did not look good. That did not sway me. That it probably didn't sway the majority of fans in his direction. Now, you can have your own opinion. You can have your own viewpoint. And if you did get swayed by Chris Jones, good for you. You're allowed to have that. Okay? I didn't. What he said, again, he is in a ditch. Him and the Cats brothers, and they are digging themselves deeper. That is what I heard, that is what I saw, and that's what I think happened at the Ronald McDonald House. Again, can't believe it happened there at a charity event. Again, I'm glad he did charity, okay? I'm going to keep reiterating that. I'm glad Chris Jones was there. Publicity or not, good for him for actually being there. So then he says he didn't want to be a distraction by holding in. Oh, so this wasn't a distraction? He said a, a larger distraction. He, he reiterated and caught himself and said a larger distraction. Would it have mattered? It was going to be a distraction either way. 
You hold in, you hold out. The only difference is if you hold in, if Chris Jones holds in, he's not giving away $2 million. If Chris Jones is holding in, he's on the 53. If Chris Chris Jones holds in, it's actually worse for the Kansas City Chiefs. Chris Jones now holding out, not being there. Uh, Have you noticed something? He's not in the 53. Have you noticed something? If he misses games, that opens up cap space for the Kansas City Chiefs this year. Chris Jones and your agents, what are you doing? Are you trying to help the Chiefs? You had some leverage. You didn't use it. A hold-in would have made a world of sense, and I said that from the get-go. I said, if he doesn't hold in, this makes way more sense for him fiscally. He didn't do it. Now, was that his decision because he just didn't want to go to St. Joe? Could be. Was that his agents telling him what they thought was the best case scenario? Also could be. But he didn't do a hold in, and quite frankly, that behooved the Kansas City Chiefs. The Chiefs now, Carlos Dunlap, line one. Seriously, if they think it's going to take till week eight, and that money's not on the Chiefs' books, hey, go out. Sign a veteran edge rusher, a veteran pass rusher, someone else on that defensive line. Chris Jones is making it all possible, baby. All right, another one. His message to Chiefs Kingdom. I get what he's saying. Everyone has an opinion. But that's your message? Everyone has a... a bleep? You can and they all the stink? I get it, but like... <laughs> Fans have been clamoring for any sort of information, any tidbit that you will get, any audio from Chris Jones. Other than just his tweets. And then trying to antagonize them. You're trying to win them over, Chris. Again, like I mentioned, this is politics. This is politics from the team and Chris Jones. It's one versus one. You know what's going on here. One side's going to either give in, one side's not, or they come to a compromise. But you want to have public opinion on your side, just like politics. And Chris Jones didn't do it. Chris Jones saying, everyone has an opinion. They all stink. I get what he's saying. Some some are with him, some are against him. Some don't really care. They just want to see him there. I get all that stuff. That's fine. But that is your message to Chiefs Kingdom. The night before the NFL home opener, the night before the Chiefs play, the night before the banner gets raised at Arrowhead, and that place is going to be electric and rocking. That is your message. You think it's going to win over Chiefs fans? You think people who are on the fence about this are going to be, you know what? You're right, Chris. I'm taking the side that that, that said that. No chance. He also says he's under contract this year. This stood out to me. When Chris Jones said he was under contract this year, he actually tweeted this out a while ago uh, to some fan on Twitter. That should make you believe he's going to be there. Hey, I'm under contract this year. Okay, so you're going to be there playing the games then, right? If you're under contract. He then reiterated and went on to say, well, we'll see. Why bring that up? 
We all know you're under contract. We know you want an extension. But yes, Chris, you're correct. You're under contract this year. Just could franchise tag you. And oh, by the way, the more games you sit out, the lower that number is. I don't get what his leverage is again at this point. I'm not trying to take sides of team versus player. But the day before the home opener, before the NFL season fully gets underway, this is what we're dealing with? This should have been done weeks ago, months ago. I get it. It takes two to tango, and the Chiefs on their side could have maybe pushed harder at the forefront. I get that. But we're a day away. You are under contract. You're correct in that assessment. If you're under contract at work and you skip, what's going to happen? Because he kept saying, I just want to raise. He kept saying, it's just like your job. You want to raise. Yeah, but if you want to raise, you still show up. How do you think that's going to work out for you? Hey, I want to raise. I'm not going to go. You go to your boss right now. Maybe there's some of you out there that can do that. Don't know many of you. You think that's going to work out well for you? Say, hey, I want to raise. If you don't give me one, I'm going to sit out. Okay? That seems like a great tactic. And by the way, correct me if I'm wrong here, um, a two-year extension that the Chiefs have offered of $27.25 million. Again, this is all allegedly offered, right? This is from, again, um, the Nick Wright report that was on First Things First the other day. Apparently on the table, two-year, fully guaranteed extension, $27.25 million per year. Does that sound like a raise to you over what he was getting AAV? Does that sound, does 27.25 sound more than 20 to you? Now, maybe I'm mistaken, and I, again, hey, correct me if I'm wrong, I'm bad at math. For some reason, I thought $27.25 million was more. Oh, it is? Okay, so then he is getting a raise. He just wants a much, much larger raise. Again, the framing of how he went about this is not doing him any favors. I don't know if this is on him, the Cats brothers, or if you're going to blame the Chiefs some too, feel free. This is America. You can do what you want. You can take your side. You can have your opinion. But I'm the of the opinion that this should have been taken care of a long, long time ago. I get all the people who are on Twitter, social media, saying, hey, you know, Clark Hunt's a billionaire. The Chiefs are a billion-dollar organization. Hey, I'm not disagreeing with you. But this is not just free money. There's an issue of the salary cap. There's an issue of you have to still play in the restraints of the salary cap era of the NFL. We'll get to the Nick Bosa situation in a moment. But if you're building a team, and you're the Kansas City Chiefs, and you are a Super Bowl caliber team, not everyone is going to be the highest paid player at their position. When you draft as well as the Chiefs do, when you have the talent and the, and the depth that the Chiefs currently have, there are going to be some hard decisions. We all thought, at least the majority of us thought, losing Tyreek Hill could have been a death blow. What did we find out? Chiefs offense was better than ever. Now the difference is, is Chris Jones the Patrick Mahomes of the defense? Is Chris Jones the death blow to that defense? Now I have been on record saying I think Chris Jones is the pendulum where he swings his defense to a top 10 defense when he's there. With Chris Jones out, and as much as I am high on this Chief defense, 
I think it's a bottom 10 defense with Chris Jones gone, just based on the lack of pressure, especially up the middle. This defense was built around him. He's the fulcrum. But if you're looking at lines, we all expect Chris Jones is not going to be there playing tomorrow. Who are the favorites? Who are the favorites in tomorrow's game against the Lions? I believe it's the Chiefs by five. Four and a half now with the Travis Kelsey news. Oh, really? Who are the favorites to win the Super Bowl this year? I believe it's also the Kansas City Chiefs. Oh, yeah, they, it still is. You got 15. You have Andy Reid. This is a team game, okay? I will also say it's a quarterback-driven league at this point. Offense is how you win in today's NFL. As much as I like the 49ers, as much as I think they're a great team, one of the best top-to-bottom rosters in the NFL, you think going head-to-head Sam Darnold or Brock Purdy is going to outduel Patrick Mahomes? I don't care how good of a defense you have. Mahomes is going to slice it up. You have to have the quarterback. Quarterback comes one. Everyone needs to realize this. Chris Jones needs to realize this. The team that has to build around Mahomes. As much as we like to say, and it is a team-friendly deal, AAV-wise, that's still a large amount of money going to one player. Deservedly so. But you can't afford to pay everyone else or you end up, again, this is a comparison I love to make. The Detroit Tigers in baseball. When the Tigers had Max Scherzer, uh, when they had uh, Miguel Cabrera, Victor Martinez, J.D. Martinez, right? When they had all of these plethora of top-end guys, about eight guys who were getting paid this obscene amount of money, they had to fill the rest of that roster out with a bunch of no-name guys. They didn't do anything. They made no noise. You have to have a balanced roster. And if you're so top-heavy, which I think if you pay Mahomes and Chris Jones potentially all of this money, what happens to Creed Humphrey? What happens to Trey Smith? You give a lot of money to Jawan Taylor. That's a sunk cost at this point. Whatever your thoughts are, that did handcuff, to an extent, the Chiefs' ability to give Chris Jones his contract. Maybe they had a number they were never going over anyway, so it didn't matter. Okay, But you can't deny that that large contract to Jawan Taylor couldn't have played at least a, a, a minor part in the situation. But do you like those guys? Do you like Legereus Sneed? Do you like Nick Bolton and Willie Gay Jr.? You're always building. You're always looking forward in the NFL. If you're not looking forward, you're moving backward. I want Chris Jones here in Kansas City as much as anyone else. As, as much as anyone else. He's a game changer, game wrecker. Again, I've gone back time and time again. When he is there, I think this is a top 10 defense. But the Chiefs also have to understand, and they are understanding, this is the salary cap era. You still have to play within the restraints. One more thing on the Chris Jones saga. He said as he letting the team down. And he said he wasn't letting the team down. Again, going back to the whole raise situation, as if you were to ask for a raise at work, that it's just normal that you would just sit out and that no one else would be affected. From the football perspective, I think, yeah, there definitely is a sense where you could say he's letting the team down. They counted on you. A influx of youth, an influx of new pieces on the defensive line. Charles Aminahu suspended for six games. FAU a rookie from K-State. George Karloff is going into his second year. Keandre Coburn, rookie. B.J. Thompson, to an extent, if you're going to throw him into the mix. 
Wouldn't you say that's letting the team down, not being there for your young guys? Wouldn't you say a hold-in at that point could have made some sense as well? But from a business perspective, from a general population perspective, if you hold out, and you're just asking for a raise, but you hold out, wouldn't you be letting your work down? If you're on a school project, a little different because you're not getting paid. Someone does no work. They're holding out. They come last day. They want, they want your name on the project. You're going to do it? You're in work. Someone holds out because they want to raise, so they don't show up to work. Well, what happens? Well, someone has to cover that guy. Someone has to come in and cover that guy. If you want a radio perspective, let's just say... <laughs> I don't know, Jason Anderson, because he, he's, he's bigger than me, right? Like, he's, he does the midday show. If he were to sit out, what would happen? Well, then someone else would have to fill in his spot. Then someone else has to fill in that spot. Someone else has to take on extra work. I'm trying, because if it's me, no one cares. <laughs> I, I, that's an easy fix. That's a, if, if it's me sitting out, that's an easy fix. Come on. I, hey, I know me. Okay, I'm not Chris Jones. I'm, a, I'm BJ Thompson right there here. You go. I, I, I'm a <laughs> developmental prospect, okay? I get this. I'm uh, Joshua Kando, okay? You see the ceiling. You, you got the potential right there. But it's, it's fine. You can play without, without Kando. Can you play without Chris Jones? That remains to be seen. For you, Kyle, what were some of your takeaways from that Chris Jones audio? Uh, well, I did learn that there's 24 hours in a day. Oh, you did? Okay, Yeah, good. yeah, yeah. He, he made sure? Yeah, he, I made sure to, to write that down, too. Um, what I learned is, what basically, what I paid attention to most is, I believe it was Lebo asking about the animosity towards the other teammates. Yeah, I would feel that too. That that defensive line is young, inexperienced, and their two best veterans are missing. Omenihu for the first six. Jones, who knows? Good, yeah. good luck, young fellas. Go out there, Super Bowl night. They're going to run through the tunnel. Chris Jones won't be there. I, I struggle... To figure out what the what the Cats brothers and, and Chris Jones are hoping for. Are they hoping that the Chiefs defense struggles so Brett Veach gives them a call says, Hey, all right, we need you. We need you. What if the Chiefs defense is fine? It, it puts more pressure on Spagnolo, which I've talked oh, about. I, I I've talked about it for a while now. Um I, I've always been a a hater of the people who say fire Spags, there's a reason why he's won multiple Super Bowls with multiple different teams. I mean, two. I'm not going to try and say it's three and four and five. <laughs> but still, it's, it's impressive what he's done. This wasn't the Michael Strahan-led Giants. I get it. Part of his job was basically to take over Bob Sutton and not be horrible. His original job title, his, his goal, was don't be historically bad and go from there he gets his defenses ready in the biggest games year in and year out first half of the season we've seen it there's been some struggles whether he saves it whether he has all of his good design blitzes for the second half in the playoffs for the big games maybe but Spagnuolo is a damn good defensive coordinator I will not hear or tolerate any spag slander on here but what I will say is his job just got a lot more difficult. Those design blitzes that you were using late in the year, you have to dial some up early. 
I'm going to talk about some of my keys to the game, but just just in general, Drew Tranquil, Chamari Connor, Legereus Sneed. You saw Legereus blitz a decent amount last year. You actually saw Drew Tranquil blitz a decent amount for the Chargers last year, having five-plus sacks for the Chargers. Do we see Leo Chennault? Because you're not getting a lot of pressure with that front four that, that the Chiefs currently have. Okay, Spag's job just got a lot more difficult. So Chris Jones saying, who am I hurting by sitting out? Hurting Spags, hurting this defense, hurting the Chiefs. Take a quick break. Come back. Sports Radio 810 WHB. Well, we wanted an extension. It wasn't for Chris Jones, it was for Travis Kelsey. An extended knee. Yeah, Kyle, yeah, it was a bad pun, I get it. Don't don't roll your head, okay? Don't hurt your neck rolling your head that bad. Travis Kelsey uh, hyperextended his knee during yesterday's pras- uh, practice. But... Good news, according to Gronkowski and Jason Kelsey, <laughs> noted doctors. <laughs> they had some pretty nice thoughts about it. We'll play the Jason Kelsey audio in just a moment. But from all accounts from you know Adam Schefter, Ian Rappaport, the team, um, sounds like nothing major, right? Nothing that should be massively worrisome down the road, but I will say it puts his availability in jeopardy to play in tomorrow's game. And if this were me personally, even if he's 85%, sit him. Super Bowls aren't won in September. Okay? The Patriots for the longest time, how would they start seasons? 500? How many times would you turn on ESPN? Are the Patriots done? Is their dynasty over? Is Is Brady's age getting to him? Yeah. And what would happen? They'd be in the Super Bowl. I hate doing this because every game's fun to watch. Every game matters. But in reality, what matters more is Travis Kelsey being healthy for the playoffs in the end of the season. Week one against an NFC opponent? Not the time to push it. Love Travis Kelsey and want to see him out there. And no, it's not the fact I'm playing against him in fantasy football, okay? Real football always becomes always comes before fantasy football. You remember that. But there's no reason for Travis Kelsey to push it. I'm not a doctor, so I will listen to the doctor's orders. I'm not Travis Kelsey. He knows his body better than me. If I had my druthers, I am not pushing that. That's a situation where I say, hey... Week two, you got a little mini buy here. You're playing on Thursday. Now you got 10 days. Get right. Get right. So let's play the Jason Kelsey audio first. Jason Kelsey was on WIP out there in Philly, and here's what he said about his brother Travis's knee. Jason, how's your brother doing? I mean, getting banged up this week with his knee in Kansas City. How is he? Talked to him yesterday, and I've done the same thing. You know, you, you, you just plant. Or, you know, you do something and your knee hyperextends. Actually, I mean, if I'm being truthful, the last time I did this, I was 
making a bonfire outside, and I, was, I thought I thought I was strong enough to kick a piece of wood in half, and I hyperextended my knee and did the same thing, bone bruise. Oh no! So, um, you know, I don't recall you missing any time for that, Jason. No, no, it was in the middle of the season, but my knee did swell up, and I was like, man, that was the dumbest thing I've done in a long time. But um, yeah, Trev, this was out on the field. He did. Uh, I know he's got some swelling going on, uh, but as lo- it sounds like as long as they can get that down, yeah. um, you know, he- he's going to have a chance to go. The ligaments and everything are intact structurally. Uh, from what we know right now, uh, his knee's fine. So really, it's about getting that swelling down and then seeing how bruised that bone is. Because you know, if you-, if you guys have ever had those, they can be yeah. pretty painful, especially if it's in a spot that's rubbing all the time, mm-hmm. and uh, and that can kind of shut down your muscles and do other things. But I think he's going to be good to go. I really do. Have you ever had – also, thank you to uh, Dr. Jason Kelsey. Um, PhD. It, it, I will say it is good getting some brotherly information there because Jason knows his brother better than anyone else. He could always make the joke of soft. It's his little brother. Trying to get him one. I get all that stuff. But it sounds like Jason's not worried. If you've ever had a bone bruise, they suck. Okay, I've had a bone bruise before. My was on my heel. Not my knee, my heel. I was jumping a fence. Why was I jumping a fence? Running from the law? I would never. Okay, <laughs> I would never. No, I was not running from the law. I, w- I bet someone that there's a shortcut downtown uh, that I could get there faster. There's so some guys, and I'm like, you know how guys are like, I bet I can beat you there, I'll race you. Yeah, I may have had a couple a couple of adult beverages in me. Well, there was a fence, like one of those metal blockades, if you will, a, hey, do not cross this. Well, I wanted to win. Jumped it. Uh, long fall. Wearing dress shoes, which was a horrible idea. And uh, bruised my heel. Bone bruised in the heel. Let me tell you right now. Well, one, I lost. I did not get there first because oh, I was no. uh, semi-writhing in pain. Okay. I, I made it to the bar. I made it there. But point is, bone bruises hurt. Okay. They are miserably painful. I, I know I'm not a professional athlete. I don't have that uh, that tolerance, if you will. I, trust me, they're not giving me anything to besides ice and a couple of bush lattes to to get me over that pain. It wasn't a cortisone shot. Before so, the surprisingly, next show? not a cortisone shot okay. before I. The point is, bone bruises hurt, man. Like they're very painful. Again, that's your heel where I'm walking on it every single day, but your knees, it's moving. It's a hinge. Let them give right. Let Travis Kelsey get right. What is your concern level? One, Kyle, with Travis Kelsey potentially missing Thursday's game, tomorrow's game. And what's your concern level of what that means to the Chiefs' offense without the security blanket number 87? Uh, I'm not concerned for the entirety of the season. Maybe for this game they'll have a little bit less firepower. But you know what? I'm actually a little bit excited. We might see Sky Moore play a ton more snaps. We might see Rasheed Rice get some game action. I'm not going to say anything about Justin Ross. We'll see. But 
some of the other guys, it's time to step up. I feel like that's Andy Reid's philosophy is one guy goes down, next man, let's go. You're in. Yeah. What will be fascinating to watch is does Matt Bushman get elevated from the practice squad? Like, if he gets elevated, that ought, that would lead me to believe no Travis. But two, how does the roster breakdown happen on game day? Because you have your 53, then you have the game day roster of 46. The Chiefs elected to only keep two quarterbacks. Shane Bichelle was not brought back. What does that mean? Well, they don't get to use that extra free quarterback spot for the third QB. So on active game day, they have 46. Who is going to get left off the 46? How many receivers will they keep? I'm in, I'm interested because no Travis Kelsey. Maybe you keep all seven. Justin Ross is a damn good red zone threat, right? But if Travis Kelsey is if Travis Kelsey is there, do we not see Justin Ross? And they only have six active on game day. Richie James looks like he's going to be a, a clear cut make because he's the punt and kick returner. You're going to see MVS and Sky Moore. You're going to see Richie. Do you see Rasheed Rice? Justin Watson? Kadarius Toney looks like he's going to be there. By the way, he was a full participant in practice today. Good news. The only person on the injury report leading up to tomorrow's game, Travis Kelsey. So if you want to take a little positive spin on things, while Kelsey is banged up, yes. Legereus Sneed? Richie James? Turk Wharton? Kadarius Toney? All guys with knee injuries or knee designations at some point, full participants, no injury designation. What I'll also say is, while Noah Gray is no Travis Kelsey, don't get it twisted. There's only one Travis Kelsey. Noah Gray is a very serviceable tight end. How many teams around the NFL right now would like to have Noah Gray on that team? A lot of them. Noah Gray breakout season incoming. I was I was already excited for 12 personnel with Travis and Noah. I was already excited to see Noah Gray line up as a fullback sometime. Noah Gray game, baby. You think Noah Gray can throw a football, too? We know uh, Travis has tried and failed. Yeah, we times. know. Blake Bell, quarterback, Oklahoma. But I don't think we want to see that again. No. We don't want to see any more bell does or sneaks. The point is... I want Travis to get right week one against an NFC opponent. And quite frankly, I want to see Noah Gray. I want to see what he can do. No one wants to believe what life is like after Travis Kelsey. He's been the pinnacle of health for a long time now. Get a glimpse. Small glimpse. And I will say the Detroit Lions defense, while yes, they are better, we're going to talk about the matchup uh, in the second hour, the 8 o'clock hour. I want to dive deep into the Detroit Lions, the Chiefs matchup, what Detroit did in the offseason, what they look like. What I will say is their defense was atrocious last year, and their linebacker play is not great. A reason why they spent a second rounder on a middle linebacker. That's great and all. Is that going to slow down Travis, let alone Noah Gray? I don't think so. I'm intrigued to see how this plays out without Travis if he's not good to go tomorrow. I want to bring something up here. One of the matchups that I think I'm most excited for, the Detroit Lions edges versus 
the Kansas City Chiefs tackles. Okay, the Chiefs tackles, as we've talked about, overhauled. Wiley and Brown Jr. out. Enter Jawan Taylor. Enter Donovan Smith. Aiden Hutchinson, a rookie last year, ended up, what was it, nine and a half sacks last year. James Houston with eight. 17 and a half sacks between those two guys. Aiden Hutchinson had a great first game. Then we had the rookie struggles. Second half of the year, Aiden Hutchinson really took off, a la George Karloftis. Aiden Hutchinson was drafted that high for a reason. And I'm intrigued to see how Donovan and Jawan handle this. Jawan Taylor has a little Lane Johnson in him. He's got a little bit about that. Was that, a, was that a false start? Well, they didn't call it, so it must not be. I don't know if you've noticed that in the preseason, because I'm not going to lie. I've seen some Jacksonville Jaguars games. I didn't watch every single Jackson Jaguars game. And I'll be honest, I did not specifically focus in on Jawan Taylor. But during those preseason games, limited sample size, I get that. He was getting an incredible jump. An incredible jump, again, reminding me like Lane Johnson. I'm not saying he's Lane Johnson. I'm saying that jump looked like Lane. That's huge. Also point out, Donovan Smith, for all the talk about his performance last year, how it was brutal. And I, I, I've been a on his case as well. When, they, when he was first signed, I go, we sure? Well, I look back. I'm going to give you some PFF grades. I've done this before in this show, so bear with me if you've listened to this segment before, but I think it's a valid one to bring up. So I'm, I'm hearing more and more. I talked to a Detroit Lions um, reporter today. I just talked to him. I was had some questions. I said, where do you think the Lions have an advantage? They said their edges against maybe the weak spot of the Chiefs' offensive line, Donovan Smith. So I wanted to bring this back up because I said, all right, let me give you some numbers. This is according to PFF. Again, like I always say with PFF, take it with a grain of salt. It's not the end-all, be-all, but it's a good jumping-off point, especially when it comes to offensive line. We're going to start with 2015, going to 2022. 2015 was his rookie year. 625, 63.9, 64.9, 66.4, 70.4, 71.8, 83.3, 58.1. What does that tell you, Kyle? What number stood out? Well, last year's, obviously. What about that 83.3? What about the point that he was ascending every single year prior to that? He didn't have two steps forward, one step back. Not one step forward, two steps back. It was every year a gradual increase. Culminating in 2021's master class at left tackle. So what's more likely? That all of a sudden he fell off the face of the earth at age, I don't know, 29-30. Or he was injured and that Buccaneers offensive line was a dumpster fire. I'm going to go ahead and say my piece. He was injured and the Bucks offensive line was a dumpster fire. You put him next to Joe Tooney? Are you serious? 
I firmly believe that 83.3, the gradual ascension into the implosion that was 2022, right? That 2022, throw it all away. I don't want to hear it. That is the outlier. 2021, Donovan Smith is closer to what I'm expecting. If you give me an option right now and said Sterling, is Donovan closer to 2021 or 2022? Which I think a lot of people would say, well, I hope he's in between. I think he's closer to 2021. And I don't have a second thought about it saying that. I, I, I truthfully don't. He was injured. Bucks offensive line was bad. He's healthy. And Joe Tooney is to his right. Donovan Smith is back. Now, if you want full transparency, I'm not trying to just sit here and be a homer and say every single move the Chiefs do is going to work out and it's going to be phenomenal. That's not my, that's not what I'm about, okay? Penalties will still be an issue. The fewest amount of penalties he has ever had in a season was seven. If you want to go to penalty numbers, starting in 2015 as rookie year, 11, 13, 9, 7, 9, 11, 8, 12 last year. Penalties are part of his game. He's top-heavy. If someone gets by him, he can get a little grabby. But you can live with that when you're putting up numbers to protecting like the way Donovan Smith has prior to last year. So last year's penalty numbers were not just an aberration. That's still part of his game. That is the one worry I have with Donovan. When Mahomes buys time, when he rolls to the right, will Donovan Smith get grabby? Trey Smith has talked about it. That playing with Mahomes is a different type of it's a different type of blocking. Normally you're going one, two, three. Balls out. You're not doing doing that with Mahomes as one. Two, three. Oh, he's scrambling. Oh, wait, he's still scrambling. Oh, wait, he still has the ball. Oh, wait, he's he's found. Like you're constantly blocking as an offensive lineman, and when when Mahomes has the ball, can Donovan Smith resist the urge to grab? If he does, this is going to be the best line we have seen by far in the Mahomes era. Take a quick break. Come back. Home stretch right here. Sports Radio eight ten WHB. Welcome back to the home stretch, Sports Radio 810 WHB. For all the talk about who is going to be out for the Kansas City Chiefs, how about who's going to be out for the Detroit Lions? Cornerback Emmanuel Mosley is out as he is still working back from a torn ACL suffered last year. Uh, Not good if you're a Detroit fan. You want to be full strength, baby, when you're going up against Mahomes and this offense. Emmanuel Mosley, out for the Detroit Lions. Now, I want to talk a little bit about Nick Bosa because I don't think his contract extension actually affects Chris Jones. Okay, so Nick Bosa signed a $170 million extension over five years. This is the highest paid non-quarterback in NFL history. Oh, by the way, $122.5 million guaranteed, a source tells ESPN, yeah. 
So among defensive players, the 34 mil annual payout surpasses the 31.7 million uh, that Aaron Donald received, uh, and then the 122.5 million just dominates the 102 million set by his brother Joey Bosa. Little brother we love right there, you think? Yeah. It's a rich family. I got 20 million more than you, pal. That is a rich family. <laughs> is there a third Bosa? Just a third Bosa kid who's like, hey, I'm I'm a um I'm an accountant. I'll I'll take care of your money, I'll take care of your finances. Let me hold a couple. So Bosa gets that deal. And then when you're looking at the NFL rankings. Let me see if I can get the entire defensive line pulled up here on Track. You're looking at the defensive rankings. Um, obviously, the largest is Bosa with $170 million, But let's go to AAV for right now. You have Bosa at 34, Aaron Donald at 31. All the way down on the defensive line is in third is Miles Garrett at 25. The reason why I say this does not affect Chris Jones is he was not getting anything close to Nick Bosa's. The Chiefs were not going to do that. I don't think that's in the realm of possibilities. So the fact that that happened, to me, he's 20, what, 25 years old, just came off a defensive player of the year award, 18 and a half sack, yeah, no. Sorry. It's not Nick Bosa. You're not in that realm. Aaron Donald's even more in- interesting to me. The reason why Aaron Donald is so high If you guys remember, he was contemplating retirement. The reason why Aaron Donald got so much money was because that was a, hey, we'll give you this so you don't retire. Chris Jones ain't in the same boat. He's not going to retire. I always liken this to Deshaun Watson and the Cleveland Browns, right? The Browns gave Deshaun Watson that massive contract that was fully guaranteed. Then all these quarterbacks around the NFL, remember the whole Lamar Jackson situation, saying, hey, well, I'm better than him. I have an MVP. I want my contract fully guaranteed. And the Ravens and every other team in the NFL said, hey, because one team or a bunch of buffoons doesn't mean we are. Because the Browns are a joke of an organization doesn't mean we're doing the same thing. So just because the Rams had to pay a retirement tax on Aaron Donald doesn't mean the Chiefs have to pay a, hey, Chris Jones, Aaron Donald got that, so you have to do it. That's not the same thing. My point here is, if you think you're going to get Aaron Donald money, but this is an entirely different situation, we're talking apples and oranges here, not apples to apples. So that's again why Nick Bosa, to me, that contract he signed, I was asked a couple times today, how does this affect Chris Jones? I said it doesn't. I don't think he was getting close to 5 for 170, and I don't think he was getting close to the AAV of 34. That's my two cents. Maybe you disagree, Kyle, but that's where I'm at. No. Brett Feach, or Chris Jones could go... You know what? If the Rams go jump off a bridge, are you going to go do it, Brett? And Brett's just going to say no. <laughs> Absolutely not. I'm not going to be like those lunatics. And you're right. That's a great comp with uh, with uh, Deshaun Watson. Absolutely. Just because they did it, that's probably going to infuriate other GMs and owners across the league. 
Sure. And I'm not saying we won't start seeing larger and larger contracts, 25, maybe eventually pushing into the 30 million range as a salary cap starts to go up. Right. But they're also realistically going to be younger players. NFL and Major League Baseball have traditionally been different. Baseball a lot of times pays you for what you've done. They're starting to transition the other way, but a lot of times baseball used to pay you for what you've done. You think Mickey's getting paid all this money right now because they thought he was going to be a stud at 38, 39, 40? No, they paid him for what he did and what he do- what he has done for the Detroit Tigers organization. A lot of Detroit talk today, maybe because the Lions are coming to town. But the NFL typically goes, oh, you've already had your best years? Sorry, you're not getting that, that money now. We- we've gotten the best years out of you. It's a cruel game. Not saying it's right or wrong, but I'm saying it's reality. The Chiefs probably are hedging their bets saying, hey, how many more top three DPOY years are we going to get from Chris Jones? Did he just have his best season? Is he going to be on the decline? Or how many years does he have left? That's the game they're trying to play. When you have a 25-year-old Nick Bosa, you're saying he's 25. Chris Jones got a large second contract here in Kansas City. The Chiefs took that that contract on when he originally was given that second one. That was his, here's your big money because we think you're going to do something. He did something. How many times you get that third massive contract? The rookie, the second contract, and then the third. That's what Chris, Dro- Chris Jones, the Chiefs, are trying to figure out. Yeah, they're not going to pay him for what he's done. See Frank Clark. Signed for one year, six and a half this year. And going back to what I said in the first segment in regards to how the Chiefs roster is constructed, Brock Purdy makes $934,000. Surprisingly, Mahomes makes more than that. When you have a quarterback on a rookie deal versus the best quarterback in the NFL, contracts are going to be different. And how you can pay the supporting cast is going to be different. The Chiefs and the 49ers are built entirely different ways. The 49ers have the highest paid defensive end, Nick Bosa, Highest paid running back, Christian McCaffrey. Highest paid fullback, Kyle Juszczyk. Third highest paid tight end, George Kittle. Third highest paid left tackle, Trent Williams. Third highest paid linebacker, Fred Warner. Seventh highest paid wide receiver and sixth highest paid defensive tackle. And that's, again, because Brock Purdy makes 934 k Yeah, the quarterback is an undrafted free agent. Seventh rounder. Brock Purdy was Mr. Irrelevant. Come on now. You didn't... You didn't pay attention to to any of the uh, nonstop chatter. Did you know Chris Hogan played the cross? Do you know Travis Kelsey played basketball? No, I didn't know that. I mean, I mean Tony Gonzalez. Dang it! I ruined my own bit. <laughs> ruined my own bit on that. Now let's take a quick break. Come back home stretch. Sports Radio eight ten WHB. Welcome back to the home stretch at Sports Radio 810 WHB. More Chiefs talk. Who would have thought that the day before the NFL opener we'd be talking Chiefs? Kyle did. I I, I gave him the show sheet. He knew. He, he he knew what was playing today. He knew. He didn't see any lacrosse highlights from Chris Hogan on there. No. All right. Bold take time. Chiefs bold take time time. Kyle, I hope you you have some as well. And anyone listening, feel free to call in. If you have some bold takes that you want to say on air, 
We'll listen to it. Why not? It's 8 o'clock. Let's have some fun. It's a party, baby. 913-3810-810. Bold take for the Chiefs. Could be against the Lions. Could be for the full season. 913-3810-810 if you want to give your Chiefs bold take. All right, let's start off a little bit more mild here, okay? We're talking um, a poblano. It's a a poblano pepper here. Karloftis leads the Chiefs in sacks. I got George Karloftis leading the Chiefs in sacks with the concern about when Chris Jones is going to report. With Charles Aminahu missing six games, is it really that much of a bold take? Again, this is why I said this is a poblano pepper right here. It's not super spicy. But I think Karloff just takes that next step. I think Karloff just gets into the double-digit sack range this year. With FAU as a rookie, I don't know how much weight I'm going to put in that boat. I like FAU. Quite frankly, I'm a decent fan of that draft pick, especially the way the board fell. But how much will we see FAU this year? We might be forced to see him play a decent amount early, again, with Chris Jones, with Charles Aminahu missing six games. But I don't think that's the original game plan. Karloftis will lead the Chiefs in sacks. That is my my first Poblano take right here. All right, Kyle, who we got right here? We got Fee. Fee, what's up, man? How you doing? I'm doing good, man. What's the deal? Wait, what, what's the bold take you got for the Chiefs this year? Oh, for this year, not just for tomorrow's night game. Either one. What do you want? I, it's up to you. I, I got one for tomorrow night. Felix and UDK gets two sacks. Ooh, that's spicy, baby. Yeah, rookie, rookie, rookie's rookie's gonna shine tomorrow. I got I got Rasheed Rice going for for ninety and a tutty. You put money on this. Yeah, I'm about to drive to Kansas and place the bet now. Oh, there we go. Wow. That's a bold man. That's a man who has, has some uh, some convictions right there. Putting money on Rasheed for 90 and a touchdown and FAU two sacks. How much do you think FAU plays tomorrow? Is he starting? Oh, is, is he starting? Yeah, is he, is he starting alongside Carl Loftus or, or is Mike Dana getting the nod or is Mike Dana swinging inside? Uh, we need to let the young blood go on and get in there right now. I'm a fan. I'm a fan. Let I don't know if I have that. Uh, I don't know let if I have that get, much. Let him get his feet wet. Aiden Hutchinson started right out the gate last year. He had three sacks his first game, if I'm not mistaken. But Aiden Hutchinson was top five, top Drafted three, second overall. Yeah. <laughs> hey, if it happens, I will say Fee was the man that called this. Let's go. Hey, appreciate the call, man. Oh, uh, two sacks from FAU. I like that's bold. And he's driving to Kansas to put he's money driving that, He's driving to Kansas to put money on that. That's how you show you got confidence. That is how you show take. you have confidence in your convictions. Rasheed Rice, 90 yards and a touchdown. Man, I wouldn't hate it. Felix uh, gets two sacks tomorrow. Chiefs Kingdom's going to say, hey, Chris Jones. See that game? See that game? (laughs) I will say I'm intrigued to see how the Chiefs' defensive line actually plays out tomorrow because Karloftis is starting on one side, right? That much we know. Um, Most likely Mike Dana is going to start as well. But does Mike Dana play on on the inside predominantly? I know he does a lot in the NASCAR package. How much will we see George Karloftis play on the inside? 
That remains to be seen. Because when you look at the Chiefs' depth chart, how confident are you in what you're getting from Derek Nottie? Turk Wharton in his knees. Again, he was a full participant, but Derek Nottie has been... I mean, not Derek Nottie. Uh, Turk Wharton's been perpetually banged up with those knees, right, ever since the surgery. Mm-hmm. How much are you getting there? Keandre Coburn, the six-round rookie. How confident are you there? No Chris Jones. You're going to try and find a way to get pressure somewhere. I wonder if that pressure comes from a Mike Dana swinging in, a Malik Herring swinging in, a Carl Loftus swinging in. And if that's the case then maybe there is room for FAU to get starter snaps. I do think when you see the when it rolls across the scoreboard, you know, and they, they introduce themselves, I think you're going to see Karloftis, Naughty, Turk, and Dana. But as far as snap count, if you do see Dana swing inside, Karloftis or Malik Herring swing inside, does that open up FAU to get, again, quote-unquote, starter snaps? Remains to be seen. I like that call, though, Fee. Two sacks. Again, if you have a bold take, call in 913-3810-810. All right. Next bold take I have. We're getting a little hotter as this progresses, okay? I like it. A little hotter as this progresses. Harrison Bucker bounces back as the second-best kicker in the NFL behind Justin Tucker. Don't laugh. Last year was, it was the outlier. You know how I said last year was the outlier for Donovan Smith? Last year was the outlier for Harrison Butker. Bucker was not good last year. Bucker struggled last year. But it all started with the first game against the Arizona Cardinals when he got injured. He looked better as the season progressed. He looked good in the playoffs. He's back. He's healthy. Talking with Chiefs Hall of Fame kicker Nick Lowry, he has gone through an ankle injury before in his career. And he said it's very difficult to just bounce back. It takes time. Your timing is off. And in my opinion, too, think of it as a golfer, right? If you're a golfer, what, what happens? It takes time for you to get your swing back. It takes time for Bucker to get his swing back with his leg. Bucker is going to bounce back this year. I think he's going to be the second best kicker in the NFL just behind Justin Tucker. Uh, we got Steven. Steven, how you doing? Good, how are you doing? Doing well. You got a bold take for us. Yeah, this one's a bit of a stretch, but I think with the absence of Kelsey and Chris Jones, that uh, we're going to lose the Lions tomorrow, but we're going to come back and see them in the Super Bowl and beat them and get our third. Wow. Oh, that's a fantastic see, you, you brought us down. You, I was about to start booing you on air, and, <laughs> and, and it was all, all all in culmination of a Super Bowl victory. Now, Now I'm... I'm perplexed how to feel about this. I, I don't know if I should boo you or celebrate you. I, I think the Lions are going to be as advertised, and uh, I think they are definitely the strongest team in the NFC. Do, do you think the Lions are what the Jacksonville Jaguars were last year as far as they're the team that's going to take that next step, make the playoffs, and maybe even win a playoff game? I think so. I think at a minimum they've got a playoff win in them. Hmm. Yeah, the, the the NFC is so weak, it's so down. You have, obviously, the Eagles and the 49ers, and after that, it is a complete open field. You know, the Lions are throwing their name into the ring. The Vikings, uh, they were pretty fraudulent last year, but again, they still won 13 games. I know a lot of folks are, are high on the Bears. I think the Detroit Lions are a good bet. They were top five in yards, uh, points per game, uh, offensive DVOA. I like that idea. Do, do you think that Chris Jones or, a, or Travis Kelsey is the bigger loss tomorrow against the Detroit Lions? I think Chris Jones will be 
only because the Lions offensive line is really good. I think they're going to have a harder time getting pressure. Whereas we've seen, just like when uh, Tyreek left Kansas City, they find a way to get the ball out. It's, it's Mahomes and it's Reed. They're going to find a way. Yeah. Uh, I think, you know, not having Kelsey there sucks, but at the same time, they can do it without Tyreek. I think it's a good point. I, I think Andy Reid is the best offensive mind in the NFL. Obviously, Patrick Mahomes is the best quarterback in the NFL. He's proven time and time again to make players better. What this defense looks like without Chris Jones remains to be seen. And again, I think a big storyline, as you brought up, the Detroit Lions offensive line is probably top five in the NFL. They're back. Yeah. They're healthy. They're very, very good. Uh, Steven, appreciate the call right there, man. Uh, that is a bold take. Chiefs losing tomorrow against the Lions, but winning in the Super Bowl. Appreciate you, Steven. Man, that's a bold take right there. I love it. That's bold. He did take us on a little bit of a journey there. I know. I was about to start booing this, man. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like did a Detroit Lions fan call in? Did a Lions fan call into this show? Uh, he's actually not the first person I've seen predict that. Uh, Jordan Foote said it last night. Well, what, what I, well, he noted Chiefs hater, Jordan <laughs> Foote. No, it's a, it's a, I get what he's saying, too. The Detroit Lions offensive line might be the most underrated storyline heading into tomorrow. We've talked, obviously, about Mahomes and Jared Goff and, uh, you know, biting kneecaps and the Detroit Lions, um, the rookies, right? We've talked about Branch and Campbell, the linebacker. We've talked about Jameer Gibbs. But, But the offensive line has somewhat gone by the wayside. They've done a nice job rebuilding and retooling that offensive line. They were supposed to be good last year in the offensive line. They had some injuries, but now here's where they go left to right. Taylor Decker, Jonah Jackson, Frank Ragnar, who's incredible at center, Big V, the right guard, the former Eagle who was a right tackle, who's now a guard, and then uh, Sewell, right, who's one of the best right tackles in football. Panay Sewell, yeah. That is a damn good offensive line. Again, I said it again, no Chris Jones. You're going to have to get pressure a different way, right? Whether that's designed it's going to be designed. Let's be real now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm not giving. I'm not giving a, a a choice number two of they're getting a ton of pressure with four because I don't think it's going to happen against this O line. So that means design pressure is what's going to have to happen. Good O line. Good call by Steven. Appreciate that look right there, man. Um, I still think the Chiefs win tomorrow. I just think the offense is too talented. I think Banner Knight Arrowhead's going to be rocking. It wasn't like this the last time around. Right. COVID was 20%. I know Kelsey, the day before the injury, was talking about how, you know, it's not a huge deal for the... He said himself. He, he, he's like, you know, it's, we're on to the next year. This is for the hunts, for the Chiefs organization, for the fans. You know, we're looking forward to the Detroit Lions the next year. I get all that stuff. But I also wonder if it's not hard for the players to get caught up in this. We saw it with the Patriots. What, what year was Kareem Hunt's uh, rookie season? Um, was that 2016? 2017, right? So that first year, right? When, Banner, Banner Night, New England, right? That's what yes. you're talking about, right. And he fumbled, and then what happened? Chiefs kicked the Patriots' ass. Are you seeing any parallels between this Lions team and the Chiefs? Chiefs are the big dogs. And correct me if I'm, if I'm wrong, didn't the Patriots go back to the Super Bowl that year? Is that the year they went back to the Super Bowl? Um, finished first in the AFC. They went 13-3. and three. Yep, that, uh, that was the year they came back on the Atlanta Falcons. So there we go. Worked out pretty well for them. 
Point is, whatever happens tomorrow, take it all with a grain of salt. The Chiefs are the new Patriots. I know they probably hate us saying that. I get it. They're going to start flashing their rings. I'm going to get called from, from Boston fans mad. I was going to do a, a, a Boston oh. accent, and I just, I just, oh, I, I butchered. No, no, we're not going to do it. Maybe later. Maybe in the break, I'll work on it and come <laughs> back with a no. Because I'm going to get even more calls from Boston fans. Okay, it's, it's. We don't want to hear it. We don't. I, Boston fans are brutal, man. We're not going to deal with them. But this is the correlation: was the Chiefs are now the Patriots, and there's a new team who's trying to become the Chiefs. Yeah. Who's that up and coming team? Well. You have the Jaguars in the AFC, and I think in the NFC, the team that's trying to be that, the, the Detroit Lions. The Chiefs were that lovable bunch for a long time. Everyone rooted for them. I, I think a lot of fans on the NFL, they were rooting for the Chiefs. A lot of teams on the NFL now are going to be rooting for the Lions. They're that fun team. They have the head coach. Um, obviously different from Andy Reid. Andy Reid was the guy everyone rooted for because he had a lot of success, but none, none in the playoffs. Right. And now you have Dan Campbell, who is a fun personality. He's different. He's out there. He's explosive. He drinks 37 cups of coffee a day. Bites kneecaps. But he, he gives out good quotes. And I don't know if relatable is the right word, but he's a big football guy. It's easy to root for them. The Detroit Lions have been marred in disappointment for year after year after year. They saw a glimpse of something turn around the second half of last year. What happened? Everyone became a Lions fan. It was fun. I was rooting for the Lions at points last year. I'm like, hell yeah. Come on, baby. You think the rest of the NFL, the 31 fans of other teams, will not be doing the same thing for the Lions now? There's a circle in the Chiefs' back. Yeah, they're the hunted now. They are the hunted. It's been like that for a little bit now. I'm not going to say they haven't played in the hunted type of games. But this is banner night. I'm just starting to see, again, as Stephen pointed out, he that was his take. Mine is along the lines of kind of piggybacking off him. I think the Chiefs win. But the point is, I am seeing some parallels from the Chiefs, Patriots, Detroit Chiefs from years ago. Jameer Gibbs, if he fumbles the first time he touches it, I'm going to lose it. That game's over. <laughs> I, I, am, I am throwing all the money I own on the, on, the, on the Lions if the first play of the game was Jameer Gibbs the fumble. <laughs> but when I think more about this game, when I dive deeper into this game, as much as I like the improvements the Lions have made. What still nags at me is their perpetual slow starts. The fact that last year we finally started to see them turn around. But why did they turn around? What happened at the beginning of the year? Two and six. What happened the year before? 0-8. 2-14 to start the past two seasons total. They're a slow-starting team. Does that change? It coincided last year with Jared Goff going from an absolute bum to a guy who from Week 10 to Week 18, Jared Goff was third in total QBR. Led the NFL in QBR on passes 20-plus yards downfield. And then after play action, um, he led the league with 17-1 to touchdown-intercepts and ratio. Weeks 1-9? to Total QBR was 43.1. Ouch. It was a dramatic turnaround for Jared Goff. 
Was that Jared Goff learning a new offense? Was he trying to get acclimated with, with this team? Dan Campbell and everything? I guess this would have been his second year. It doesn't matter. The point is, was he getting acclimated? whole bunch of overhaul? In the second half, everything clicked? Or were they just on a hot streak? How many times have you seen decent teams in the NFL go on a hot streak just to fizzle out? Time and time again. Pittsburgh Steelers. They did it. They started 11 and 0 that a uh, couple years ago, right? Yeah. Finished what? 12 and 4. Back when there were 16 game yeah, seasons. Exactly, yeah, right. You know, why did they do that to us? I don't know. Okay, I, I still think the Rams are in St. Louis. Stop doing this to me. Yeah. It's the St. Louis Rams to me. I can no longer predict teams to go 8 and 8 anymore. Yeah, it's messing well, me up. And because Jeff Fisher's no longer here, it'd be 8 8 and 1. Right. I guess. <laughs> but do the Lions start off slow again? The Chiefs, I've had my concerns for a little bit now. They've started off slow in not only this preseason, regular season games, and going back to the playoff games against, against the Patriots, against the Houston Texans. They're good enough to come back. No denying that. But are they good enough to come back without Chris Jones making a, a huge play? Are they good enough to come back if Travis Kelsey is going to miss this game? We've seen those two players specifically in big moments spark, electrify the comeback. Chiefs can't afford to go, to go down early against the Detroit Lions. The The Lions' offense is too good. Okay? While, I, again, I don't think their defense, even though it's overhauled, is anything special by any means. Okay? They're, when I was talking to those Lions guys today, when I said, give me your X-Factors, they were almost all rookies. That's good. Happy for them. They got, they're building. They think they have a good draft. But rookies on the defense going up against Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes on offense, those should not be your X-Factors. You think Andy and Mahomes are going to be fooled by a couple rookies? They're going to be licking their chops. Hell yeah! Hello, Rook. Hello, Rookie. (laughs) Welcome to the NFL. Their defense, well, I think is heading the right way for Detroit. It's still not good. So Chiefs can't start off slow. And it's going to come down to who can make a big play defensively? Who who muffs a punt? Right. Because I think this is a high-scoring game. I, I've already put money. I'm not a huge better. Like, that's just... I, I look at Vegas. I love betting. Don't get me wrong. I think everyone else should bet, too, if, as long as you gamble responsibly. It's fun. It's more fun to have the, the, the heart palpitations going on during games. But you see how Vegas is made. They're winning. Vegas isn't in the business of losing money. But I put money in the over. I, I, I'm pretty confident the over hits in this game. Yeah, we should see a shootout. All right. Going back to the bold takes. Drew Tranquil plays the second most amount of snaps at linebacker this year while finishing with six-plus sacks in a top 15 PFF linebacker coverage grade. So last year he finished around five to five-and-a-half sacks. He actually was top 15 linebacker coverage grade. But I think this is going to surprise people because of the fact Second most amount of snaps at linebacker this season. The reason is he's a backup at all three spots. Mm-hmm. He's a green dot whenever Nick Bolton comes out of the game. But I do think with Chris Jones and Charles Aminahu out, he's going to play a lot as this disguise role. They can send him on a blitz. They can drop him back into coverage. And as much as like Leo Chennault, Leo Chennault at this point, so far what we've seen has been fairly one-dimensional. Leo Chennault was really good as a run-stuffer last year, the very end of last year, the tail end, he was very solid. But as his game developed enough to play over a guy like Drew Tranquil, who, again, is a chess piece, 
I don't think so. And as much as I like Willie Gay Jr., I love the tantalizing potential to an extent that is still what it is, tantalizing potential on a Super Bowl caliber team. You play the guy who you know can get it done over the potential. You do. I, I think Drew plays the second most amount of snaps at linebacker this year. Um, when he was picked up, I understand folks saying, why would you pick up a linebacker? The Chiefs are already deep there. Because Drew Tranquil does something the other three guys can't do. The other three guys all have a deficiency at some point. If you want to say Drew Tranquil has a, a slight deficiency as far as a run stuffer because he's a little lighter, that's that's fine. Okay, I'll, I'll, I'll entertain that. But as far as Nick Bolton, pass coverage. Love Nick Bolton. I'm a Mizzou guy, M-I-Z. We know his limitations in, in pass coverage. He improved, but he's never going to be Fred Warner out there. Okay, I love Nick Bolton. Pass coverage is his liability. So you have Willie Gay Jr. What's, what's his strength? Pass coverage. He was top 15. And PFF last year in pass coverage. She's have two top 15 pass coverage linebackers on this roster. But he had some other liabilities. He, he, he struggled at times um, getting downhill. Struggled at times just play recognition. But he's a good pass coverage linebacker. Then you had Leo Chennault. He was somewhat one-dimensional. He was very good at stuffing the run. But that's about what he was. He got confused. He wasn't great in pass coverage. So what did the Chiefs do? They got Mario. If you're playing any of those Mario games, right, is he the best at anything? No. But is he good at everything? Yeah, it's Drew Tranquil. He is the new chess piece for the Kansas City Chiefs defense. When he's on the field, you have no idea. You can't target him. Good in pass coverage. You can sit him on a blitz. You can fake a blitz up the line and he drops back. There are so many different ways to use Drew Tranquil. Spagnola is licking his chops against Jared Goff at quarterback. Man, can't wait to see what he draws up. Take a quick break, come back, home stretch, Sports Radio 810 WHB. Welcome back to the home stretch at Sports Radio 810 WHB. Alright, Kyle, I hope you're I hope you're listening back there because it's almost your turn coming up, okay? Got one more good one I want to bring up here. Uh, Mahomes throws for the most yards in the NFL this season. Not a hot take. I don't think that's that hot. I think I think a lot of people would agree with that, right? It's quite mild. Quite, quite mild, but hear this one. There's a caveat here. No wide receiver for Mahomes goes over 850. I got him throwing for over 5,300 yards. A lot of yards. No wide receiver. Over a thousand. Don't say Travis Kelsey's a tight end. Don't don't give me your 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 silly questions. Okay. Don't give me your actually. No, we're not doing that. <laughs> okay. No wide receiver for Kansas City goes over eight hundred and fifty yards. Mahomes over fifty three hundred. Mahomes is going to spread the ball around so much, and with seven wide receivers, I said it earlier, and I'll say it again. I highly doubt. On the majority of regular season games, we're going to see seven active wide receivers. Yeah, seven are on the 53. How many of those seven will be on the 46 game day roster? That remains to be seen. I think what they're going to do is they're going to look at matchups and say, hey, you know, they got a smaller corner over there. Let's get Justin Ross in the game this time. 
hey, maybe we need a little bit of a, well, I guess Richard James is the punt and kick return, so I think we'll see him. Um, Rasheed Rice, maybe. You know, maybe it's a Rasheed Rice game. I, I wouldn't be shocked if you don't see Rasheed Rice suited up some game day. I know I'm probably going to get some some angry comment. I, I like Rasheed Rice a lot. But the point is, when you have seven guys, you're not getting all seven dudes on the field at any given time. It's hard. And if Richie James is going to be your punt and kick returner, well, he's on it. MVS, Sky Moore, they're locks. Then you got a rotating cast, man. I mean, it, it, Kadarius Tony. I mean, you almost forget about him because he's been banged up. It's it's like Alberto Mondesi. Oh. Don't put KT there yet. Ed, you can't count on him, <laughs> but when he's there, he's electric, baby. And with both guys, with Kadarius Tony and Alberto Mondesi, I'll be a dumbass, and until they're 45 years old and retired, I'll say, you know what? There's some potential there. I see a little something, so until those two guys retire, I'm still going to have uh, some, some love for uh, Mondesi and Kadarius Tony. Mondesi's free agent next year. I can't say Kadarius. Don't do that. No, we're not doing this. Kadarius Tony too. I can't say Sammy Watkins because Sammy Watkins was was really good here and helped win a championship. So I, I, it's disrespectful to Sammy in my opinion. Yeah, he was a playoff producer. Yeah, Tony was in his limited sample size, right. but 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 not the same. It's not the same. But Justin Watson, how many games is he playing, or is he going to be a a game day inactive sometimes? Again, tomorrow's going to be a little different because if Travis doesn't play, maybe that opens up the door for seven wide receivers on game day on the 46. But again, this is my point. All these wide receivers bring something different to the table. A little bit how I was talking about the linebackers before we went to break, how they all bring something different to the table. They all excel at something. Wide receivers on this team are kind of the same thing. Sky Moore, good route runner, intermediate guy. MVS, Deep ball threat. 6-4. Fast as hell. Rasheed Rice, to an extent, can go up and get it. Possession receiver, if you will. Justin Ross, possession wide receiver, but bigger and a better red zone threat, in my opinion. He's, he almost fits that Jody Fortson role where you probably won't see him until he gets to the 20. Once, he, once you hit the red zone, hey, Justin Ross, get in there. We're going to throw it up high. We're going to throw it up high. Richie James, I think, is going to be used like McCole Hardman. Again, I am excited, and then Justin Watson is just a backup on all three wide receiver positions. I am just excited for what this wide receiver room brings in totality. But when you look at each individual player, I get people's thought process of, there's nothing super special there. Like, I get when people in the national media are like the Chiefs wide receivers without Juju, without Tyreek Hill, like, what are they doing? But when you're in the know... When you sit here and cover the Chiefs and watch them and you see them day in and day out, you see the versatility they all have together. It's a group that, in my opinion, is better than the sum of its parts. And again, it's a group where you do have a lot of upside. I think Rasheed Rice, Justin Ross, which is crazy. If you heard the inflection of my voice, I'm a believer now. Okay, Deion Sanders, I might not be a believer in Colorado, but I'm a believer in Justin Ross. Like, I wasn't a Justin Ross hater. But I said I want to see it first. I've already turned before I saw a regular season game of the guy. I saw him take a hit and get back up. I saw him in the red zone. I'm in on Justin Ross. I'm not saying Justin Ross for uh, 600 yards or anything like that. But I'm saying he's going to be a contributor. 
I kept saying, folks, to, to an extent, we're, we're getting a little, little Josh Gordon on me. Remember when Josh Gordon signed as a Kansas City Chief? I kept saying, hey guys, stop it. He's not been good in five plus years. He hasn't done anything. Yeah, it's great, but it's been so long. Justin Ross, I kind of had the same thought. I was like, man, he's not been good since his sophomore year of college. He was banged up senior year, but he still didn't look the same. I'll give him credit for fighting through it, but man, we've not seen him be good in five years. He showed me enough during training camp OTAs, preseason games, to, for, for me to say, you know what? I think I was wrong. I, I think Justin Ross is deserving of some of this hype that is being praised upon him. So I've changed my tune. You look at these guys, this wide receiver group as a whole. You're telling me Patrick Mahomes can't throw 5,300-plus yards with these guys? I damn sure think he can. Absolutely can, and not one of them, like you said, over 1,000. I said 850. I've I, I got to oh, go bolder. Okay, I'm going yeah, bolder, yeah, yeah. baby. No, I, I absolutely agree with your take. And, you know, MVS, the highest he's ever gone is 690. Yep. And you were breaking down all these skills of each guy. Andy Reid can be creative with these guys. He can keep defenses off balance. Yeah. That allows Mahomes to spread the ball around. You don't know where it's coming from. Good luck, defensive coordinators. Because there's not one guy to key in on. Exactly. There's while, no work, workhorse. Yeah, while, while Tyreek Hill and that wide receiver group was great, don't get me wrong, he was phenomenal. I'm not, I'm not saying the Chiefs... The, the point is, defenses were looking towards him. He would still make a ton of plays, but they were keying in on Tyreek. Right. And the wide receivers 3, 4, and 5 were not... Chris Conley, Demarcus Robinson, I, I, Byron Pringle. Those guys aren't making this roster. They're just not, let alone be wide receiver three, wide receiver four. They're not making this team. That's the difference here. Opposing defensive coordinators, watch out. All right, Kyle, your turn. Any hot, any bold takes for me? I, I don't like saying hot takes because when you say hot take, I don't usually li- that means I don't, wrong take. Yeah, I don't like that label. A bold take is one that you think is a little bit, a little spicier than most. But obviously, one you still think is going to be right. When you say hot take, the, the first thing that goes to my mind is even you don't believe that. Yeah. You wouldn't put money on that. When I do a bold take or, 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 or a take like this, my thought process is would I put money on it? If I find I would, then I go, okay, I, I believe in this. I, I, I'm a supporter of this. If I wouldn't put money, if I'm not going to put a bet on this, that's just a hot take for hot take's sake. I ain't about that life. So, Kyle, what do you have? My hot take is, and you know what? You just said hot take. Oh, my goodness. Come on, my Kyle. Fault, my, fault. my bold take is that Clyde Edwards-Alaire leads the running back room in all, all-purpose all yards, scrimmage yards. In the year or just tomorrow? Just tomorrow night. Okay. My, my fault. And he grabs himself a touchdown. I'm kind of stealing that from, uh, I heard Briscoe say it earlier today. I was like, you know what? He's absolutely right about that. I'm thinking my brain is spinning. It's like, you know, uh, on your laptop and the washing machine starts going. Right, right, right. That's what's happening right on my head. My reasoning, let me let you think for a little bit, is Isaiah Pacheco just got cleared. Yeah. I'd like to see them take it easy, just like with Travis Kelsey and with Kadarius Toney. Ease those guys back in. It's week one. Let's save those guys for a playoff push. You know, save their energy. I don't think you're wrong. 
and I'm not quite happy about it. Yeah. Let Clyde take the heavy workload. Let Jarek, who is always on an injury Well, Jarek McK- McKinnon, I, I don't think is even part. Like, I think Jarek McKinnon plays 10 snaps, like tops. Like, okay. we, we understand McKinnon at this point, what he is in Kansas City is, hey, he's a stash. Mm-hmm. He's in a emer- breaking case of emergency, obvious passing down, um, you know, late in the game, and we need a guy to pick up a, a, a blitzer. McKinnon, you're going. Right. If not, you stash him for the second half of the season, the stretch run, you use him in the playoffs. That's what McKinnon is at this point. He's had too many major injuries. He can't be a workhorse because every time he, ha- he was a workhorse earlier on in his career, he got injured. I think we know the, what McKinnon is. Breaking case of emergency, third down back, great pass protector. Love having him on the team, but you probably won't see a ton until later on in the year. Right. So that leaves two guys because LaMichael Pirine didn't make it. Prince didn't Eric Prince. make it. Practice squad guys. So that leaves Clyde or Isaiah Pacheco. And I've said for a while now, and you, take it, you took it a step further, I, I said for a while now, you're probably not going to like. A lot of people who are, who are Clyde detractors, how much he plays, you're probably not going to like the amount of snaps he takes away from Isaiah Pacheco. And I also said you're not going to like that I think it's a smart move. The Chiefs don't need to have a bell cow back. Isaiah Pacheco, for as solid as he is, he does have, so far, I mean, he was a seventh rounder last year. He's, he can grow. He had some limitations. Okay. Wasn't great pass catcher. Wasn't great in pass pro. I know Clyde's not great in those, but I think the Chiefs trust him more than they trust Isaiah Pacheco. Absolutely. Clyde was a layer for everyone who always likes to call him a bum. He still averaged 4.3 yards a carry last year. Not elite, but do you remember the beginning of last year when he was healthy? And people were starting to say, all right, he's starting to look pretty good. I feel like people just threw that out of the window the second Isaiah Pacheco got got some run. They're fine one, too. I'm okay with it. I mean, his rookie year, he had 803 yards in 13 games. Quite frankly, the worst part about him has been his health. Right. He's been fine. Like, I, I understand people being upset that he was a first-round draft pick. I have been a staunch supporter of don't draft a running back in the first round. Like, the Falcons, what the bleep are you doing? Like, you just had a, you just had a running back go over 1,000 yards, yeah. and you're like, I don't know, man. We want 1,000 yards to be prettier. Like, 1,000 I, I, yards is 1,000 yards. Doesn't matter how you get it. Doesn't make any sense to me. But I, I digress. If he was drafted in the fifth round, if he was drafted where Pacheco was drafted, would anyone have this kind of anger towards him? They'd probably say, hey, what a nice weapon. What a nice piece. What a, what a nice seventh round draft pick. Right. I, That's just where I am with Clyde Edwards Alaire. He's fine. He's fine. And he looked better last year. He's also not been healthy. He's never been healthy in the NFL, which again is on him. It's the NFL. That's a big part of playing. When San Fran fans kept saying for the longest time, you know, George Kittle's so great, if only he could stay healthy. Yeah, but that's a big if. That's a big if. Like, to an extent, when Patriots fans kept saying about Gronkowski, I'm like, yeah, but he's retired, and Kelsey's still kicking it at the same age. Still going for over a K. Like, longevity and availability are huge things, especially in football, especially at running back. He's been fine. It's truthfully been his availability that's been the biggest issue. 
By the way, I'm looking at it right now. I want to look up Clyde's age. How old do you think Isaiah Pacheco is? 25. Well, that's kind of a boring game. Yeah, he's 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 24. <laughs> I, I thought you were going to guess like 22 because he was a rookie last year. Pacheco's 24. Guess how old Clyde Edwards-Lair is? 26? 24. Oh, wow. Both are 24 years old, yet one guy... Wow. One guy, we, we basically say, he has all the upside in the world because he's entering his second year. Yeah. And one guy, we know what he is, he's done. No, I get it. The miles on Clyde are probably higher. The injury, injury uh, numbers are higher on Clyde. Both are 24 years old. Now, if you're listening and that surprised you, I'm not saying to, 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 to say that Clyde needs to play a lot more than Isaiah or that Clyde's a, a bona fide stud. But what I am saying is, let's pump the brakes a little bit. He's a Kansas City Chief. Not saying you got to love him. Not saying you got to like it when he gets the rock. I'm not saying you have to sit here and say he's got the best vision in the NFL, the best contact balance. I'm just saying... Dude's 24 and has been perpetually injured. He's healthy. What can he do in this offense? I'm fine giving a guy who's on this team on a rookie deal, first-round contract or not, a chance. It made no sense to cut him. No one was trading for him. Why not give the guy a chance to see what he can do? So, long-winded way of saying, Kyle, I think I agree with you. I think in week one... With Isaiah Pacheco getting the non-contact jersey lifted about, what was it, a week ago now at this point? Maybe two weeks. Time blurs together as you wait for the slumber that you're in for the NFL season to start. Yeah. Chris Jones didn't say till today that a day was 24 hours, so I couldn't remember. You couldn't. I, I, I thought it was 23 for the longest time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Galileo or something, I think, <laughs> said that. I can't remember. Um, but I, I think I'm with you, begrudgingly, that, that Clyde Edwards-Lair probably gets more snaps... Probably more touches than Isaiah Pacheco does in tomorrow's game. And we'll see. We'll see. He, he, and again, we're not advocating for it, but I can, we both definitely see it happening, right? Yes. We will see. Uh, let's take a quick break. Come back. Home stretch here. Sports Radio 810 WHB. <laughs> Welcome back to the home stretch, Sports Radio 810 WHB. I want to hear some audio from Dan Campbell. Dan Campbell had some nice words to say when talking about Patrick Mahomes. He was asked, What do you have to do? What can you do when it comes to stopping Patrick Mahomes? In basketball, you, the, the cliche is make him go left when you want to you know, stop a guy. Mm-hmm. Is, is there an equivalent with Mahomes? Is there a make him go left strategy that, that you want to enforce to? I guess we can what you can do. They can go backwards. <laughs> and, and never turn around where you can throw back that way, just that way. Um, that would be about the best way to sum it up. Um, yeah, look, this guy is he's tough, you know, and uh, that's that's the easy answer to all this. He, he's, he is a uh, highly competitive, highly instinctive, aware player, and it all, he is the engine in this offense. Everything runs through him. He makes it go, and and then around him, he's got these pivotal pieces, 87 being one of them, and man, when you're all on the same page like they are, and they have communication without saying a word, um, 
you know, that's it's tough. But but there's a way to, you know, there there's a way to uh, to, I think, limit what they do a little bit. And it's going to take every one of us over there defensively. And uh, and it's one thing you got to play your keys, do your job. But then when the play breaks down. You know, God, we got to stay alive, and you may have to stay alive for six, seven seconds, and you better find out where 87 is when that play breaks down, too. Nice words from Matt Nagy. Or not Matt Nagy, from Dan Campbell. Sorry, I'm looking on the TV up here, and it's Matt Nagy. Um, that's why I was... Uh... I was thinking Matt Nagy, but no. Uh, Dan Campbell had some nice words for Patrick Mahomes, and I thought that was a, a nice little tip of the cap. But also, it's a good point. The holding for four, five, six, seven seconds, yeah, it applies to the defense, as I mentioned earlier. It applies to Donovan Smith and the offensive line as well. Mahomes is just an absolute magician. And sometimes you have to sit back and just almost in amazement going, remember like 2012? Remember when Kyle Orton had, was like the best quarterback for like a three games for like a three year stretch because of that one game. Remember Brady Quinn. I definitely remember Brady Quinn. I was so excited. I still wear a Matt Castle jersey sometimes. <laughs> okay, I still rock that every once in a while. It's a throwback now. But the point is, we're living in an era where that is a head coach talking about the Kansas City Chiefs quarterback using words like. You can't do anything. Six, seven seconds. The uh, only way to stop him is to make him go backwards. And don't let him turn around to look forwards because he'll find a way. Like, it is incredible what Mahomes can do. And I just like hearing the words from Dan, giving the respect to Patrick Mahomes. Again, I do think something we saw during the preseason, Rasheed Rice, I think Richie James did a really good job of when plays break, broke down, who was available. Someone that stood out to me in the preseason was Richie James, so I do think we'll see some Richie James. Maybe I, I think we'll see more Richie James than the, the, than the average fan expects to believe. Richie James, again, uh, a guy who was high on when he was with the Giants then coming to Kansas City, I think will be used a lot in that McCole Harbin role. The difference is McCole Harbin wasn't great when the play broke down. I think Richie James will be. Uh, I want to play this next audio clip from Matt Nagy. Again, this is in regards to Patrick Mahomes. This is Matt Nagy talking about Patrick Mahomes and his competitiveness. Well, number one is competitiveness. There's no one around that's as competitive as him. Nobody. It's just as simple as that. Uh, and I've been around a lot of people. No one's as competitive as him. Uh, so he's one and there's no one A. Uh, number two is just his, his focus. Um, and then number three is he doesn't miss anything. He sees everything. So whatever that is, if it's uh, in a conversation, if it's watching video or tape, you know, um, uh, whatever. I always joke about it. Like we could be in the middle of a game on the sideline. I, I witnessed it last year and, you know, we're going through the tablet and talking through plays and what the defense just did. And then all of a sudden out of nowhere, he, you know, he like looks up and sees that, it, you know, the score of another game or something. It's like, how do you do that? It's, you know, it's, it's rare. It's different. But then he goes right back to what the, the blitz that they're doing. And you're just like, this is cool. <laughs> a freaking unicorn, man. He said he was omniscient. He sees all. He sees He's God. Omnipotent. Is it omni- om- omnipotent? Correct? No. Omniscient. Om- I don't know. Let's not get into this. It's a hard word. Look stupid. All right. Say say Antetokounmpo. Say say Dirk Nowitzki. Yeah. We'll we'll start giving some hard words. Say Echo Boido. There we go. Okay. We're good. We're but we're we're back on. But two reasons why I wanted to play those quotes back to back. 
the Dan Campbell and the Matt Nagy. Those two little clips right there. Because that's where the Chiefs are at. And how I mentioned, you know, 10, 11 years ago, a little different. The Arizona Cardinals don't even know who they're starting at quarterback. Jonathan Gannon says they do. Jonathan Gannon says they do. But they don't want to give the competitive advantage away. Is it really a competitive advantage between Joshua Dobbs and Clayton Toon? Who? Fifth-round rookie, Clayton Toon, baby. Come on. Tune up. <laughs> the reason why I, I I can't be too hard on the Arizona Cardinals. Chiefs were there about a decade ago. Yeah. Is 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 it gonna be Tyler Thigpen? Is it is are we gonna get Thiggy with it? Nobody was saying that. Yeah, people were saying oh, that. come on. People were saying, get figgy with it. Come on. The point is, it can change. I don't want to say like that, but you see the gradual increase, and that's where the Chiefs are at. It can happen in the NFL. That The Cardinals were a playoff team a couple years ago. Obviously, Kyler Murray got injured, all that stuff. But now you're looking at them deciding between Joshua Dobbs and Clayton Toon. And we sit here in Chiefs Kingdom going... Listen to an opposing head coach talk about the quarterback of the Kansas City Chiefs. Let's hear Matt Nagy talk about his competitive nature. Hear Travis Kelsey talk about his competitive nature, how he wants to be the best at everything he does. doesn't matter if it's commercials or football. I will say, has Mahomes gotten better at doing those commercials? Remember when he first started and it was like pulling teeth to go through? I thought it was. Mahomes has gotten better as an actor. He's no Baker Mayfield. But there's also no Baker Mayfield on the field, and I think we can all right. agree that's a good right. thing. He doesn't have time to work on his acting or, <laughs> or dancing. Let's take a quick break. Come back. We'll be joined by Josh Briscoe right here, home stretch. Sports Radio 810 WHB. Welcome to the home stretch. Sterling Holmes joined by Josh Briscoe as he was surfing in his his chair right there. He's got a nice Hawaiian shirt on, and thank you. And I'm not saying surfing because he's rocking that shirt. Yeah, I'm saying surfing because his chair just decided to drop on him very drastically, and uh, the motion he was making was the hands out. I'm a little wobbly over here today. I'm, I might I might switch chairs around, but maybe I just need to appreciate the motion of the ocean. Go ahead and cut these sweet waves. Is it the chair, or have you had a few too many adult beverages because the Chiefs play tomorrow? Um, I do the post-game show on Sports Radio 810 WHB, Sterling, so I will be sober as a gopher I until I get home. Sober as a bird. I don't know if birds are sober. I don't know. I, uh, gopher just is the closest uh, animal I can think of of rhyming to sober. Mm. Um, I don't know. There might be another good option out there. A dober. Yeah, men, pensioner. Yeah, yeah, it's too long. So, yeah. So, we're going to talk hockey. Uh, Yeah, man, I've got a lot of uh, thoughts about next year's NHL draft. (laughs) Um, I think that's probably where where I'll begin. Well, let me ask you this, Sterling. How's your knee? Properly extended? Extended only the direction it's supposed to go? Two things. I know everyone was wanting 
the Chiefs to have an extension. But we didn't want <laughs> Travis Kelsey to extend uh, his knee. It was supposed to be an extension for Chris Jones, but we uh, needed an extension. We, we got a hyper extension instead. That's a good. That's a good bit, Stu. I like that. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, that that might be a tweet later. So if you guys see that, please uh, at home stretch KC. Uh, I will get three likes, probably tops. But uh, I I've been good. shooting off heaters recently. Oh, yeah. By the way, I adjusted some notification settings again, and the dopamine got me. Dog, dog. I I bleep you not. I had I had a chance to sit under Emmett Smith. Yeah. And I asked him, is Mount Rushmore of running backs? And I yeah. go, this is going to pop off. Yeah, this can be this, numbers. I did a whole entire, I cut this bad boy, we're good. Mm. It's nice, short, this is going to be outstanding, right? Well, well One like, mm. my dad. No! <laughs> I don't, I don't understand. Uh, well, let me tell what, what X, was his, sorry. What was his top five? Uh, I didn't watch the video. It was, I didn't see yeah, it. Yeah, it didn't no, show up in my algorithm. Apparently, no one saw it. Did Sorry, you, I didn't yeah, yeah. see it. I legit didn't Wal- see it. Walter Payton. Uh huh. Jim Brown. Yep. Barry Sanders. Uh huh. Himself. Here's the problem, Stu. It's correct. It's a good <laughs> list. The problem is, it's a good list. Like, and, and I, I generally, you know, Pacheco started the rounds with his list a couple of weeks ago, and somebody else had done like a, like Justin Jefferson or somebody well, kind yeah, of a I silly asked one. Jamar Chase and Jamar Chase gave me his top five. Not only did he give me four players, one was Keenan Allen and one yeah. was Cooper Cup. Well, and I'm sitting here, okay, that makes sense. This is going to get engagement because he literally gave me four out of five, and two were active players who were quite frankly good receivers, good receivers, really good receivers, but. Yeah. Well, this is so. Here, here's <laughs> my Randy philosophical. Moss. Here's my philosophical thing, though. We are at a point now, upsetting as it may be, where we are older than some of the players we are talking to and talking about, like a decent chunk of them now. And, and really, if you ask me, I, I think I feel like Vernon Ram tweet I about this. I don't think I'm older than Emmett Smith, though. I don't. Think no, no, so. no. Well, no, but no. His list. That'd, we're that, just saying. That'd be alarming. His list is just too good. Yeah, the reason Pacheco's got a little bit of run is because there was at least one kind of like. Mm, Answer, and then he set himself as the fifth one because he couldn't really think of a fifth one. So my my angle on this is, look, if you if you asked me for who I think the five best running backs to ever grace the NFL are, I'd probably just take Emmitt Smith's list and say, here you go. Are you happy? Don't yell at me on the internet. But in reality, it's a more interesting question, I think, to ask Isaiah Pacheco, who himself said he didn't grow up watching a lot of the NFL. So who does Isaiah Pacheco look at as being the best to him, Right. I don't Jackie Battle. I don't need um, Isaiah Cyrus, Pacheco. Cyrus Gray. Cyrus Gray is a great yeah. one. That's a great poll. Yeah. I don't need Isaiah Pacheco to give me his research paper on the uh, the, the the history of the running back position. A guy who appreciates the history is great. But like my my let, let me let me play this game with the phrasing I want. Who are your Who are your five favorite running backs of all time? Yeah, five favorites are better. Who ones. are your five favorite running backs well, of all time? Priest Holmes, Jamal Charles is on my list. Probably one. Priest Holmes, Jamal Charles. I might go with Danny and Tomlinson. Loved him absolutely. Yeah. Hated him, but yeah, love but, love but, him better but, in retrospect. Yeah, in retrospect. Um, can I count a fullback? Sure. Tony, T. Rich. Tony Richardson's got to be on there, and uh, Mike Allstott. So big, big fullback, big fullback guy. Yeah, yeah, like Adrian Peterson probably has an argument as a legit top five running back of all time, oh, and he's, certainly, he's yeah, certainly he, running back five. of his era. I think he's five. Who did Emmitt Smith say? 
He was on his Wal- list, right? Wa- he, it was Walter, Barry, Jim Brown himself, which I think, yes, that's that's the four. Uh-huh. And then you have, I would, I would say, either Gail Sayers uh-huh. or Adrian Peterson. I think that's who you'd probably put as your... Did Smith, Emmett Smith say Sayers? Is that what you said a second ago? I just am trying to... I'm, I'm, not, being, I'm not doing a bit. No, he did, didn't. Did we, was, who was his fifth? He didn't he give me four. It was Mount Rushmore. Oh, so oh, oh, I'm five, sorry. There's not five presidents. I thought we were doing top there. fives. Uh, I thought we were doing top fives. Although if I were president, I would say, hey, put put my bust up there. Right next to Benjamin Franklin, the yeah. greatest president the in American history. The greatest president. I mean, seriously, the oldest country in the world. The, the history. World. <laughs> I love the fact that we can just go off doing that bit. And, what uh, bit? So what I think is, <laughs> I think it's more interesting for players to tell you who their, who their influences were. You know, I don't need you. I don't care who you think the five greatest musicians of all time are, yeah. I want to know the five bands that influenced you as an artist. That kind of thing. Sure. And so I actually really like it. when the, And look, that list from Emmett Smith is a good list. Well, now I know what to ask proper. Dan Marino. And there you not, go. Not who are the five best, who are the five favorite quarterbacks you've seen play. And I, I do think, yeah, I think that would be interesting because there would be some weird ones on there. Ryan there, Fitzpatrick. There are some... I mean, there are great stories of like guys game in of Kyle Orton, like Texas high school quarterbacks. I can't remember who the one off the top of my head. I can't remember his name, fittingly enough, who like may have been the greatest high school athlete of all time. And then I don't remember what it was that derailed it, but it derailed it. And so no one knows his name. Like there, there are guys with stories like that that I just think are fun. Um, and so that's what we should talk about today. And then we'll get to the NHL 2025 draft. Yeah, yeah. Maybe I'm 26. done with 24. You yeah. don't want to talk anymore, Chris Jones or Travis Kelsey. Oh, I forgot about that. The, the, the biggest interview of the year has now happened at McDonald's. We, at a Ronald McDonald house. I don't that's know. True. I don't understand. I'm not completely I, sure what can, the structure can, of that is. Can I say this? Sure, it's your show, buddy. Whatever you're, well, it's true. Good point. Thank you. You're welcome. Uh, thanks for letting me speak on my I'm sorry. Own show. I get excited. You're like, hey, will you do the show? And I'm like, ugh. I don't want to do the show. And then we start doing the show. And I'm like, oh, story, this is so much fun. This I love talking fun. to it's you. Enjoyable. I'm going to shut up. I'll listen to you. No, no, no. I just, I just want to say about Chris Jones, whatever your thoughts are on him, whatever your thoughts are on, on the contract situation and how he's handled it on social media, anything. And even if you think this is a agent ploy as far as trying to get him some, some good PR, I don't care. This is really cool. This is a guy who has been constantly being brought up, disparaged a lot of times on Twitter, on social media. Uh, from a lot of fans even, not saying all fans, but some fans, and he's still going out and doing charity. Like, I think it's kind of cool. I I respect the hell out of Chris Jones for doing this. I don't care if it's for good PR or not. You're smiling and laughing at me. They I'm not laughing. Him. They got him. I'm they not, got Sterling. I'm not laughing. This- no, I, 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 I've already... <laughs> I have already said I get this is good PR. I understand this. You still don't have to do it. No, I know. No, you're right. No, I get it. You're laughing and saying I, I understand that I fell hook, line, and sinker, sinker no, for, the, for the, it's still the good, a good guy. Thing. It's still a good thing that he's doing. I can't hate and a I man don't... for giving back. Like, if we have to just yell at someone for them to do charity for good PR... Let's yell at people for because I'm all. You would for praise them differently, though, right? I mean, you would sure. praise someone differently who was forced to give money sure, to a good cause. And you can make the case that if you know, maybe he just went and held in, it, it, it's still gonna be a distraction either way. Yeah, that I don't, I don't get, understand that at all. And maybe you, you give that money to charity. That's a that's a doubly good thing. But I'm not gonna force a guy to give money to charity. The fact is, he was there. Whether it's on his own accord or his agents, it is that is within matter. that is he within there that is within Chris Jones's character as a person who we know. This this isn't the first time we've seen him do a charity thing. This isn't the first time we've seen him do stuff with with McDonald's and the Ronald McDonald House. Um, so uh, sorry, I'm beeping my my uh, all my diabetes stuff thinks I'm in trouble right now, and I'm not, but it doesn't know that yet. Well, we'll find out uh, at some point yeah. if you're in trouble or not. If all yeah. of a sudden you stop talking, uh huh, yeah. then we can all you know you can. 
prick my finger. Check. My, I'll I'll let you know how you can do it. No, I'm fine. Um, but it's just going to keep beeping until the break, at least. But no, I I found the presser truly fascinating. I found the circumstances of it truly fascinating and i think it's totally fine for you to say hey this chris jones did show up here he set foot in kansas city again and we saw him in public really for the first time since the espies and it was it was at this event where he knew he was gonna have to answer these questions and all of that now the cats brothers were standing right there behind him there was clearly uh, an idea that he was going those to be there. Those shirts were tight, by the way. The Katz brothers, those things were... Uh, those, the, whole, those whole fits are tight. Those, that, that clothing was... Um, I, I'm not one to typically... You, you've seen some of the clothes that I rock. Yeah. Right, right, like, we care about fashion in this we, house. We care about fashion in this house, but I, I've worn some loud outfits, some clothes that might be pretty tight-fitting. I've not rocked clothes that tight-fitting, and... and uh, they were just, look, man, they're just trying to squeeze it under the salary cap, and uh, <laughs> I think they, they, they did. I'm glad you brought that up, because I have thought about their outfit a couple times so far today. If, if those are my agents, I'm going to go ahead and say it. I would I would automatically think I'm being schemed. Like, like I see those agents in, that, in those outfits, I, I think, okay. Yeah. It's like what bad agents in movies are portrayed at. Like that's that, right. Like when you see a movie and you're like, that guy's gonna bleep you over. Yep. It's like they're always wearing the too tight outfits. The outfit's always too tight. It's you're really always, right about it's that. It's always like that kind of dress clothes material. It's like a wool sweater, but it's a polo at the same time. Hold on, I like those. Don't bleep talking. No, no, those. no. But it can't be like that. Like yeah. when I see that, I automatically think I don't vacuum seal mine after I put it on. <laughs> Is that what you're saying? That's a smedium. It's a smedium for sure. It's for sure a at smedium. best a smedium. Um. Yeah, I'm just still I'm just looking at the picture and it they I mean some yeah, there's some choices have been made throughout I, this process. I, I would just, and again, we can go back to the actual talk, but I was just perplexed at the fact that these guys, these agents are out in public. They know they're going to be f- photographed. <laughs> you know you're going to be photographed and you want to look like a good guy or you want to look like you're a business professional and that's what you go with. These don't have real laces on these shit. Mike, he's wearing like <laughs> the slip-ons, dude. But they're not even—they're not even just—they're like they're slip-ons. Like, they're like there are like elastic laces. I don't know, man. Man, look, I'm, it's not everybody's game. But they've—I'm just saying—if I were were an agent and my client is Chris Jones and we're trying to get the biggest deal possible for him, I would show up a little bit more professional. Just I me. don't know. Look, here's the thing: is Rosenhaus just shows me. up in a t-shirt with his name on it, but Doesn't he's matter. also Drew it's Rosenhaus. Drew Rosenhaus. So, yeah. He can do what he wants. His shirt says, "I'm Drew Rosenhaus," and I'm gonna get this deal done. Unless the Cats brothers showed up like actual backups from the show on Broadway, Cats. I don't know what they could have done differently or any anything worse. <laughs> what if they would have shown up looking like the characters in the movie Cats? Yeah, like oh, full wow. on, just like really, really uncanny valley stuff. I think maybe that would have made uh, Brett Veach and uh, and Clark Hunt blink. All right, now going back to Chris Jones yeah. and the whole Ronald McDonald thing, I gave my two cents as far as I like as Chris Jones's outfit. The the, the PR uh, aspect of it again, trying to get good PR. We know this, but sure. again, I'm not going to disparage a guy for doing charity, whether or not it's for that reason alone or not. Again, he's out there, even if he's it's accidental do- charity. Sterling loves it. He's doing something. I'm not saying it's accidental. I think yes, we've again, we've this is within the, the character of Chris Jones. So giving him credit for that, I think, is totally fair. Now. A lot of the comments, though, were wild. Yeah. Absurd and asinine. Some things were said. Asinine. A hold in. I didn't want to be a distraction. I don't know, Briscoe. He later, he later said he, didn't, he thought that would have made it a bigger distraction. He caught, he caught himself a little <laughs> later on. You think so? 
You, you think that would have been a bigger distraction, a hold in? I don't know if you saw my tweet of quote, quoting that specific phrase where he said, I, I didn't want to do a hold in because it would have caused a distraction. And I just went and I got that screen grab from that episode of SpongeBob where SpongeBob says, we did it, Patrick. We saved the city. <laughs> and the city's on fire behind them. And it felt like Chris Jones today went, Look, guys, I did this because I didn't want to cause it distraction. Meanwhile, St. Joseph, Missouri is ashes. <laughs> it is just covered in ash. I, I also love when asked, Chris Jones doesn't believe he's let his teammates down, saying, mm-hmm. how? Who are you letting down? For asking your boss for a raise? All I'm doing is asking your boss for a raise. Well, a raise, that was also granted. Uh, that much, at least we've known. There would be a raise involved, just not the raise that you want. Right. Uh, I really hope that you don't pass out. I'm not going to. It's I've got new equipment running, and sometimes they get out of sync. Yeah, yeah. And, and equipment. We're not talking radio equipment. We're talking the diabetes diabetes uh, equipment equipment. Yeah. yeah uh, but but <laughs> you know, like we do a, a group project, mm-hmm. and just pretend. Just let's say you're in business because college you don't get paid, so it's a little different. I guess you're, sure. you're all going for your a grade, but let's just say you're getting paid. You're in a, you're in a group pro- project at work. One guy wants a raise, and he goes, you know what? Until I get a raise, I am just not going to do anything on this group project, but I want credit for it. Mm-hmm. You make sure the bosses know I want credit for this. Yeah, you're still screwing over your teammates who are counting on you to be there. I, I just don't think he did himself any good outside of the PR of mm-hmm. being there with any of his comments. It's an interesting analogy that you choose there about the group project because that's something we kicked around, you know, th- this this feeling of has he, you know, quote, let teammates down to this point? And if not, when would that start or how could he amend that? And and look, you you properly shine the light on this is not a normal job. This is not a normal contract negotiation. Yes. It. I don't blame Chris Jones because it's kind of normal to him. It's the only real job he's ever had as far as I'm aware. <laughs> you know, maybe something in high school. But, like, as a professional, this is his work environment. But it doesn't do him any favors, I agree, to conflate that with, well, it's just like your work situation, right? Random person watching or listening? Because 99. of people listening are going, no, Chris, that's not like my job at all. If I didn't show up, I'd get fired. If I asked for more money and said I'm not showing up until I get more money, I'd get replaced. Let's say Sports Talk Radio. Let's say, for example, I I leave because I want to raise. What happens? Well, let's say someone more important. Let's say you. What happens? Someone let's else say ha- somebody more important. I, <laughs> Jason did this exact bit on The Zone today when I realized I'm Mike Dana. By the way that he was going yes. around and being like, look, and if Seren, and if I, and then Josh would have to. So I'm playing so, inside, outside. So you're Mike Dana. I'm getting a lot of snaps. I'll be B.J. Thompson. Developmental? Developmental prospect. Uh-huh. I'm just a, de- a developmental prospect. Long, lanky. Uh, <laughs> Great motor, though. Great motor, Great man. motor. Great motor. Not uh, Well, he's smarter than me, I think. But, but you're right, though, that, again, like it can be here. It can be at Dunder Mifflin Paper Company. It can be at any job you work at. Almost everyone, almost unanimously, can say, well, no, again, this is absolutely not just like my job. And the... The other thing, and he's oversimplifying, and he knows he's oversimplifying, but the the other like frustrating bit about that is you're not asking just for a raise and an extension because the, the Chiefs have offered a raise and an extension. They've offered more money for more years, a ton of that being guaranteed. I, I don't think the boasted deal changes anything, but holy bleeping bleeping, yeah, we're talking we'll, about guaranteed we'll, we'll, money. We'll talk about that. But it's, it's a different bag. Yeah. But 
the the idea, and again, Jones came around later. I've now listened to this thing twice in its entirety and read all the quotes a couple times. But he, he said there's no animosity between either sides, just a little disagreement about the value difference and what sure. he's worth, right? And that's every contract negotiation. The thing that is so frustrating to me is that I'm going to give him. I'm going to give him till Monday, I guess, maybe Tuesday. But what 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 financial leverage do you gain through any of this? What, how at all do you spin this one back over to the Chiefs? Was it Seth Kaiser that yep. came out with the numbers where at, if he holds out week one, it still could make some financial or fiduciary sense for him to hold out week one. What, if there's a payoff coming there's from a payoff, it, which we'll see. But once you hit, I think, was it week two, he goes, much. At, at that point, yep. you're not gaining back the lost wages Unless you're getting a legit contract that I don't even think he is is um, going to get. Even he thinks he will. So, And on multiple levels, it, it screws him over, too. Because Joel Corey did some of the work on this, and then Seth has done more since then, too. But it, it real I'm not going to even try to give you all the numbers. But basically, you, you miss game checks this year. It lowers your salary cap hit next year if you get franchise tagged. So the Chiefs could say, man, hey, sit out till week four. Sit out till week eight. See if I give a bleep. Be here for the playoff push be here for the playoff run, we'll try to win a Super Bowl, then we will tag you next year at a lower franchise tag number than you would have gotten this season. We'll tag you at a lower number, and then we'll trade you before the draft when we do have some leverage again. Good luck getting a deal with the teams, because we're sending you to a team where your franchise tag number is $10 million less than it would have been if this would have been a regular franchise tag. And really, all of it, all the fines, everything... It all feels like monopoly money when there's another contract coming. Sure. 50 grand a day, bleep it, that's monopoly money. We're getting 75 million guaranteed in a little bit. Game checks, million dollars, a lot more money, a lot of real money. One of those, perhaps, he owes now 3 million. It, it, when, he, when he misses the game, in my opinion. By kickoff on Thursday, he'll owe $3 million in fines, more or less, oh. from what he has missed so far. As a frugal man. Yes. Take, take, a, take a look around. I get it. It's different money. These guys make way more. It's bad. But, That's but, a lot but, of money. But take a look at a $3 million house. Yeah. Just, yep. take, just take a look at a $3 million house. Have you guys seen $3 million homes? To not be there. It's a good call. That's a good comp. It's yeah. not going to help people think that uh, he's got I, a good case here. But I sell real estate, so sure I, I know what a $3 million home looks like. It's a lot of home. That is a You get a lot of home. A lot of nice home. You, you might be having a nine-hole little short little part three course on that said home for, for three mil. And if that $3 million, I'm going to keep your terminology, if that's a down payment on your contract extension in a couple of weeks... I get it. I really do. If you say, "Hey, man, you got to spend three million right now, and we're gonna this is gonna come back in ten million dollars because we that's the amount of money we're gonna pick up because of the leverage you grabbed in this month holdout." But if there's any chance the contract extension's not coming, that is now money that he has to pay. I mean, the, the game check he just wouldn't get. Sure, but but that is that is those are red numbers. Those is that is a loss, and there is not a recouping of that money. What I find interesting to an extent, he's helping the Chiefs. Sure. By him not holding in, he helped the Chiefs. He's not on the 53. Yep. There's money now opened up for Kansas City. Any game he misses, that's free money for for the Chiefs. If they decide, and now hear me out, it's not the same. Don't get it twisted. Chris Jones is phenomenal. But that's money for Carlos Dunlap. That's money for another veteran 
defensive lineman. Again, not Chris Jones. No. Nope. But you're also not paying the money of Chris Jones. Yep. If the Chiefs really, again, as you've mentioned, try to play hardball, they're saying, hey, Chris, thanks for opening up money for us. There, there's ways to look at this to, to say, I don't know how much leverage Chris Jones truthfully has. No, I, I agree. I, I think, again, the, the biggest thing now is if you draw that week eight line in the sand that he tweeted about, I still think he tweeted about that kind of flippantly. He did not sound to me like a guy yeah. today who's prepared to sit out for eight games. I don't think that's going to happen. But if you take that to its logical conclusion, again, he's he's brought his cat number down, so you have some space. I, the the actual machinations of this still still uh, are are a little bit beyond me in terms of how much of that can be used this year and how much of that rolls over next year, all of that. But he frees up half of his game checks, his like prorated bonus and stuff is all the same. Still, you know, that's be dead money. But his he, he's freeing up half of his game checks, lowering next year's salary cap number, and will just make sure that he's healthy when he returns in Week Nine. For the most important stretch of the Chiefs season, you get a fresh Chris Jones at the midseason point. Yeah, it look it's not ideal. Ga- ideal galaxy brain. That's but really he's doing this on purpose to help to the help Chiefs. the Chiefs. <laughs> it it's not the best case scenario because the best case scenario is 17 games of a healthy, motivated, well paid Chris Jones. That's the best case for everybody. But the idea of I just I'll just sit out the first seven or eight weeks. How about that? The Chiefs can say oh. Cool. Yeah, no, that's fine. We'll we'll see you then. Just make sure you're ready to play football because then your remainder half season and playoff run is all other teams are going to have when they decide how much you're worth next year. Again, I don't think that's how it ultimately plays out. I don't think the Chiefs are galaxy braining all the way to that plan, but the new worst case scenario for the Chiefs isn't that bad a case. Yeah. It seems like the Chiefs are in a better worst-case scenario than obviously Chris Jones is in a worst-case scenario. Uh, In regards to what he said, basically saying he could play the opener tomorrow if a new deal gets done, I don't know how much I believe that, quite frankly. I think even if a deal gets done, I've talked to, when I was talking to Emmett, I was like, you know, game shape is different than uh, being in great shape. I always love making the analogy of... Sorry to cut you off. That game shape and... Playing I mean, that whole in shape game shape thing is slowly becoming the new most overused cliche. Yeah, and I hate like chip on the shoulder. It's going to have to be yeah. put on my new bingo. Card. But it's right. I, 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 I have a whole right. bracket that I did one time of overused cliches that I hate. Chip on the shoulder ended up coming up number one. Yeah, uh, it's the, really. Oh, dude. Oh I, man, that yeah. that that thing's going to have a real. Well, hold on. I said the only way chip on the shoulder would be funny is if Andy Reid has a barbecue chip on his shoulder and you made it into a T-shirt. I think that they did that. I was going to say, did I they steal that... my idea? No, this is like two years ago. You know, I came up with a three, maybe three, four years ago. The, the Chiefs literally. So, someone heard me. Then. Somebody Google this. The Chiefs literally mm-hmm. one of their like team shirts. You know, this year they've got what, what was the one that Mike Dana was wearing? It was like whoop by oh, like wow the worst oop. acronym ever. It was like wow oop or something. It was we outwork our opponents. Oop is what it was. People eat our patties. I think that's that's correct. It's like, it's like uh, a special reference to the segment, uh, or like The Office. You know uh, when Creed does his whole board. What is Bo Body? Bo Body. What does this stand for? He just put letters on a board and was trying to get people to actually make the acronym something. No, Creed's my favorite character on The Office. No, I so like. I'm, I just I'm couldn't a, remember that that yeah. scene. Um, yeah, no, it's W O W O O P. It's so it's it's we outwork, which that is one word, but don't worry about it. Our Opponents. 
W O W. I didn't come up with it, but you know they have all those shirts and stuff. The Rams this year were the funniest. Um, but a few years ago, somebody, maybe Dana, I think it was a defender, um, Willie Gay, maybe, mm. like literally had a screen printed chip on the shoulder of the shirt. Yep. And I was like, oh, that was kind of fun. Did you find I, it? No, I couldn't find it. But when I searched team shirt, you know, the whole bit, uh, about a thousand shirts with this design. So up, you're so saying I am not creative. I think you're creative. I'm saying you have a lawsuit on your hands, yeah. and it's cease time for some cease and desist. All those people. Yeah. Because they stole my your idea. idea. Your intellectual property. You trademarked that, right? Uh, oh, shoot. I don't know how that works. Oh, okay. what, do, what do you think I am, Thomas Edison? <laughs> uh, I'll let you get back to your point. Sorry to interrupt. But the one thing that you scares me. You anything important. Uh, <laughs> the one thing that scares me for Chris is that. They kind of acted in this regard on the last contract, right? Like, they kind of held out. They kind of did this whole song and dance. Not as bad as this, but they definitely threw up a pretty big stink over the contract the Cats Brothers and him did, and it worked. He got paid. He got a new contract. Sure. And I'm worried that they got up to the point where it was like, oh, trust us, we've done this before, and it worked out. And then it hit a point where, oh, crap, we're past the point of where we're in charted territory here, and we're not now, but we're not going to tell Chris. And we're going to act like we know what we're doing. And we don't, and that's kind of where I feel like we are now. There's a hole, and they're in it with a shovel, and they just keep digging. Say, well, if we keep digging, we'll eventually find something. Something good's going to be. There's treasure down here. There's no treasure. And I am like There's a, nothing down there but more dirt. I am a lifelong pay the guy, players get your money, owners find, build your own stadiums, all of that. Like That's like a pretty core sports belief for me. And... I just had a point where the window to do all of that is just simply closed. Yeah, it, 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 that months of it. I didn't. I'm not turning on Chris Jones now. Even that's a really dramatic phrase. But like, I wasn't turning on Chris Jones during training camp. It when as camp wrapped, even hey man, that's that's fine. But when the season starts, you're gonna have this figured out, right? Like I think Andy Reid's been in a similar headspace to that. Sure. I'm sure he's way more annoyed that he wasn't at camp than I am. Yeah, you heard the the conversation he had yesterday. That was a very very short. To the point, Andy Reid. And what I will say is... Fast Friday. It was Tuesday, but Tuesday. it's Friday. I, I get it, but it was a little, little faster and more succinct than normal, I would it was say. A, it was a terse Tuesday. Yeah, ter- terse Tuesday. I like it. Yeah, we've, we've made some good shirts today. Uh, uh, well, somebody else probably made 100 of them by now. Yeah, apparently. Uh, apparently we're not creative at all and that we should just not make shirts. Um, and now I forgot what I was saying. Before, I'm sorry. You were making your terse Tuesday joke. We're talking about Chris Jones. Andy Reid was unhappy. Fast Andy Friday. Reed was unhappy. You heard it in his comments. You know, that was kind of like a especially terse Tuesday. Yeah, it's terse Tuesday. I don't know. I'll, I'll remember it. I'll, no, you won't. It, I won't remember. It'll come back to me at some point. Uh, but just in reg- <laughs> You're going to be like the, the opening kickoff tomorrow. Poof. I'm just going hey, to text you. I, I, yeah, I, I remember that now. Uh, but, yeah, I'm with you. In regards, I'm typically on the same side as players get the money. But here's where I remember just now. When you're on a great team, a team that has so much talent, so much depth, you can't pay everyone top dollar. It just can't happen. The Patriots did this time and time again. I know it's annoying when you keep comparing the Chiefs to the Patriots. On both sides, I'm sure they're annoyed, and Chiefs are probably annoyed in the same thing. But when you have a quarterback, what really matters is having the quarterback, having the head coach, and re- around them. You'll go through eras of revolving parts. You can't pay everyone. You want Legereus need. The Chiefs probably wanted Chavarius Ward last year. They wanted all these players, but guess what? You can't afford to keep all of them. You can't afford to have the highest paid player at every single position. When you draft these good players, what happens? They're going to have to get their money elsewhere. Mm -hmm. They have two options. Stay and try and win a ring 
or go to a bad team and get the money. And I don't blame the players. Odds are they're probably going to take the money. What did Juju do last year? Or I guess this, this year. Mm-hmm. He Went goes, you know what? I, I'm getting more money here. I got my ring. Juan Thornhill got a great deal. I'm at Juan Thornhill. Ward got a great deal. Javarius Ward. This happens time and time again. Those aren't market resetting players. They're in not market. But, 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 but again, the, the point, in my opinion, still, really p- still stands. I get it. You don't, draft, or you don't draft a Chris Jones just to trade him. But you've had him, Chris Jones for a long time. Mm-hmm. And at some point, the numbers come, come such that is he worth not being able to re-sign a Creed Humphrey, Trey Smith, Willie Gay Jr., uh, a plethora of other players? These are kind of the decisions that Brett Veach has. It's not just the player versus the organization. Yeah, it's millionaires versus billionaires, but also the billionaires are run by a guy named Brett Veach who's trying to make this all work. It's a puzzle. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I just think that it's such a unfair at times, we'll just pay the players. You can't pay every single player top dollar. It's not going to work. I'm sorry I said the Chiefs should play every single player top dollar. You didn't say that. Oh, okay. I didn't say you. Oh, so have people saying that? That's a crazy take, people. But, I, I mean, Chris Jones is a market-resetting type of player, but Aaron Donald reset a different market, and the same letters are next to his name, and so that's screwing everything up. Because if Aaron Donald doesn't exist... retiring. Yes. That's the whole thing. It's like the Deshaun Watson contract with the Browns. That's a great Everyone that's keeps a great looking around saying, well, look what Deshaun Watson and the Browns got. That's well, right. guess what? Teams say, we're not the freaking Browns. Chris Jones right now, and I don't think you're not saying this either... We're not saying take the – I'm going to keep using the Deshaun Watson comp because I think it's an interesting one. Um, he's, the Chiefs aren't saying, hey, take Derek Carr money for us, all right? They're saying, hey, you're Lamar Jackson. We love you, and we want to keep you around. We want to pay you all, all this money, and I do think he's way more valuable than any of the other players that you rattled off in kind of that question of who, who are you willing to pay and who are you not. But the Ravens were not going to give Lamar Jackson every nickel of that guaranteed in the way that, that Deshaun Watson's was. The Chiefs are willing to make Chris Jones the highest-paid non-Aaron Donald defensive tackle in league history. They're just not going to meet the the absolute cutoff of the the highest end of that for a, a team super-leveraged or over-leveraging itself, in the Browns' case with Watson. Uh, outside of, of course, newly minted Nick Bosa. Did I say defensive lineman? I think you said defensive lineman. I meant defensive tackle. Yeah. Well, I want to talk about. Nick I don't think Bosa's he would have contract. been the highest. I don't think Chris Jones's deal would get to the top defensive ends currently, based off what's been reported. But I'm not 100 percent sure. I want to talk about Nick Bosa, and if you think this throws a wrench in anything, let's take a quick break. Come back, Briscoe joining us right here on the home stretch. I love Dylan in the talkback button doing the trumpets in the background. That was a real nice touch. I, I really wish that was over the air. Yeah, that's all I heard in my ear in the intro, and it was great, man. It is terrible. Good, good harmonizing. right? It's like Lane Staley and Jerry Cantrell just harmonizing right there. Like Alice in Chains. Pretty impressive. That reminded you of Alice in Chains? Alice in Chains? Sorry. Change. Got some gum in here. I don't know. What did I say about bringing gum in here? You Come said on, it to bring it up to share. Out. Come here. Spit it out. Oh, you actually spit. Did you not? You, you asked me to. That was not what I was wanting. Why did you ask me to do that then? I'm not touching that. Can I have half this piece of paper? Yeah, dude, that's gross. Um, you said that you could do a bit. We're on radio. They, people can't see. Dude, you. how Jeez. long have we been doing radio bits together? Do, yeah. Have you ever known you me to be it. someone to fake it? You're not going to fake it. I'm not going to fake it, You're man. You're not going to fake it. 
That was gross. Uh, 49ers Nick Bosa is highest paid defensive player in NFL history. God, my gum is in my backpack in the other room. we got to freshen up. Five-year, $170 million extension. $122.5 million guaranteed. Whew! Sources tell ESPN's Adam Schefter. Damn! That is a lot of money. Damn! $122.5 million! Over five practically guaranteed! Years. That, Good work if you can get it. That $34 million surpasses the $31.7 mil Aaron Donald received. Aaron Donald was the outlier again. That was a please don't retire tax. Mm-hmm. Nick Bosa cleared that. Yeah. You, you looked at Miles Garrett, who was that? You said $25 million? 25 average annual value. Uh, $100 million on his was practically guaranteed. So I think that was a $125 million deal there. So just, you know, year, five years chopped up in the $25 million chunks. Four of them guaranteed, I guess. This is absurd, man. Only forty-three of Garrett's was guaranteed at signing. Um, I don't, I don't know how the how that will all shake out for Bosa, but good for him. Yeah, man. I guess uh, twenty-five years old already has a defensive player of the year under his belt. Got that last year. Um, Eighteen and a half sacks last year, dude. You want to talk about a team paying everybody? Niners got a lot of money on their salary cap now and soon and later. Everywhere except for the quarterback position, interestingly enough. I was just about to say, outside of quarterback. Right now on uh, on Spot Track, the you know, the trending players, Nick Bosa's one, Chris Jones is two. But then on trending pages, here's your top five trending pages on Spot Track. San Francisco 49ers cap table. San Francisco 49ers cap table. NFL cap tracker, NFL homepage, San Francisco 49ers contracts. <laughs> I, I get it. And they've been smart in aspects of, all right, they can't afford to pay DeForest Buckner. Mm-hmm. DeForest Buckner's top five. Yeah. That trade didn't work out for them. D-tackle. It didn't work out, but what they did, they go, okay, we're going to keep these guys. They got Shavarius Ward. They've built that defense that is absolutely elite. Um, they're obviously going to have to pay some guys, whether it's Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk, uh, George Kittle's already getting a nice chunk of change. But when you look at that team in general, the thing that you mentioned, it stands out. They're not paying a quarterback. They're not paying Geno Smith, whatever that 50 mil is per year, right? Mm-hmm. They're not paying Daniel Jones that absurd amount of money. They're saying, all right, well, we hit on a rookie, semi-hit on a rookie quarterback. I think you'd call it a hit, at least through the small sample size we've seen. Certainly given when they drafted him. I mean, he's he's a NFL quarterback. Yeah. Um, better than Trey Lance. That's and uh, which sucks for me to say. To. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. I'm yeah. a Trey Lance supporter. I, I was staunch yeah. Trey Lance uh, supporter. Uh, did not work. Yeah, I'd maybe take the bumper sticker off your car, but I'm not sure you're completely in the wrong. Oh, I took two off. There's still one more. There's still one more there. I, could, I couldn't get it off. There's I, still clearly like the 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 sun tan line or whatever. You yeah. know, you peel off a sticker. Oh, that's my car's a different color in yeah. that little square. Yeah. People think you're a cowboy fan, basically. <laughs> <laughs> you and Jerry, the last two believers. But I understand why they could do this deal. It's because they don't have the quarterback. Yeah. And it's again why I don't think, and I could be completely wrong. It's why I don't think San Fran's going to win a Super Bowl. Without having a legit quarterback. Today's NFL, and the weak NFC, they, they can make a Super Bowl. But imagine them going up against Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, Joe Burrow. I don't see it. And again, 
anything can happen in a, in a one game sample size. But if you're if you're simulating this out and and you're smiling a little bit right now, uh, I just thought of something funny. I just it seems so hard in today's NFL to win without a game changing quarterback. What I just what made me smile was thinking about this Niners defense just filled with bloodthirsty vampire werewolves. I mean, just a bunch of absolute menaces. And then, you know, one of one of genuinely the greatest offensive linemen in modern football history. It's just very hard to judge that. Yeah. And he's been in San Francisco for a long time. And so, it's, you know, whatever. All of that. It's just the it's the freaking Avengers. And then walking out behind him is Sam Darnold. <laughs> Well, how about all those guys? And then Mahomes is is putting up a thirty five spot, throwing the rock to MVS. Also true, yeah. Like, like that's all I'm picturing. All that vaunted defense, all that money, and then the Chiefs' offense and Andy Reid schemes something up, and like, oh yeah, that's fine. I Congrats. I do I do think <laughs> that most offenses would really struggle against this defense this year if they are able to stay a little bit healthier and everything. Hundred percent agree. And and even to the point of like I I think. The Niners have as good a path to winning a Super Bowl as, like, six or eight teams, maybe. Sure. Uh, but the Chiefs have Patrick Mahomes. And, uh, like, I if, if there was a Bengals-Niners Super Bowl or a Bills-Niners Super Bowl, if they both get there and Sam Darnold throwing dots in the NFC Championship game, which I just think how this is all end, is going to all end. I, I said this when they signed them originally. That's just how I feel like it's going to end. Is it because you kind of look like Sam Darnold? I've actually been hoping that that would just sort of drift away. I knew it, I knew it was, and, and but so you kept I, bringing it up. I know. So eventually I thought it's just you the funniest. Wanted, I thought you wanted the It's just the funniest the way for it to right go. There. You know it would be so funny for Sam Darnold to be starting a Super Bowl. Mahomes versus Sam Darnold is the new Mahomes Garoppolo, but you, everyone knows that. You know now. those ESPNs, the, 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 like the Super Bowl like side-by-side? Yes. They have like Mahomes pointing the finger. Yes. But then it's Sam Darnold. Pointing point, the finger. Pointing the the. Like, remember when he did that with when he had mono? Mono, mono yes. and that was the best. That was the all-time best graphic. Every time I find that, I can't not stop laughing. But it it really is tremendous. I mean, and going back to kind of like the the kicking around where the Chiefs cap stands, I, I do think that they have this situation, and it's there are going to be players who here on the eve of the season. I don't want to talk about future contracts for players currently on rookie deals, mm-hmm. but there will be. Good Chiefs draft picks who end up signing elsewhere, much in the vein of Juan Thornhill, really. Again, sure, like yeah. he really he played really good football and got more money somewhere else. There are gonna be some of those that hurt. There are gonna be some of those that I may disagree with. There are gonna be some of those that I wish the Chiefs would disagree with. We'll see. And those are the moves that they're gonna have to make that's gonna be a pain. Where you have to let I mean, again, I don't want to get too deep in the weeds on it because we have real football, and I'm doing next off-season's yeah, talking points on, now. Dude. But you're going to have to let Legarius Sneed walk, because, but it's okay because you have a class of rookie contract cornerbacks who have been absolutely outrageously productive, and you're going to draft more of them. And uh, Nazi Johnson might be one of those guys next year, too. And the, the point there is that the, you have to decide when, when the machine can keep working with similar cogs and which ones of them are really, 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 really valuable. And I think for the Chiefs from players right now, Mahomes is obviously the thing. He whatever this metaphor is, he's the clock. Or he's the the hands on the clock face. I don't know. He, he obviously he's he's everything in this conversation. Travis Kelsey's on that list. Chris Jones is on that list. I would have said Tyreek Hill was on that list. And the Chiefs said, oh, we can, we can go ahead and spin him off into a lot more assets, and, and maybe we lose one of our 
Mount Rushmore elite guys of this era in favor of keeping that 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 assembly line working through the draft. We can let Frank Clark go at his his uh, bloated cap hit because we drafted George Karloftis and we've got another planet defensive with Felix and all that, you know. So the the interesting thing there is when you have the one of one superstar unicorn quarterback who does everything around him, makes everything work, then you can work your entire salary cap differently than the Niners who are saying, yeah. all right, we need like eight of the best dudes in the sport because we're going to make it happen with Kyle Shanahan playing quarterback with a marionette. <laughs> like, and that's, it's it's part of what makes the NFL so fascinating. I can't wait for the Arizona Cardinals to eat like all of Kyler Murray's cap and then he gets sent to San Fran. I think I said this to somebody else. No, no. What I said was not was not San Fran. It's I want Kyler. It's not going to happen in the division. I want Kyler Murray to be the next Rams quarterback. San Fran would also be great. Yeah. But 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 L.A. is the one I was thinking of. Give him to McVay or Shanahan, and I think he'll be a Pro Bowler. Uh, John on Facebook Live says, "What are the chances there is a Jones contract decision announcement on NFL Football Eve on NBC at 8 p.m. tonight?" Low. Really low, I think. I don't think it makes any sense for him to... I don't Hey, look, man, maybe. Um, I don't think it makes any sense for him to sign before the Lions game now. Yeah. Because the Chiefs could leave him on the do-not-report list and say, well, he, 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 he signed or reported right before the season, but he wasn't in shape to play for us, so we're not going to take him off this list. Or if, if if it's with a new deal, they'd say, "Hey, you know, we're gonna get, we'll give you this money. We'll take you off the report list. You'll be healthy scratch tonight. We'll figure it out." If he signs before the Lions game, someone on that fifty three is getting cut. Yep, that is gonna be brutal for that guy. That guy thinks I made it, Ma. I made it. Maybe I'm the active roster. I'm on the active roster. Maybe not on the game. Maybe a healthy roster, scratch, but, but maybe. But still, I'm on the fifty three. Chris Jones signs late into the night, early tomorrow, anytime before that Lions game. That dude, uh, Chris Jones will be letting that guy down. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. That, there he will be, in fact, letting down a teammate. Yeah. Uh, all right, before we go to break, Travis Kelsey probably unlikely to play. Uh, I really don't know anymore. It, officially questionable. It, officially questionable. Officially questionable. Uh the only bruise. injury designation, by the way, which is crazy. The Jerry Sneed, Canarius Tony, just good, I guess. Healthy. 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 Sure. Uh, Ian Rappaport, though, said that Kelsey had a bone bruise. Yeah. He hyperextended his knee, but it's a bone bruise. I know you heard Gronkowski and you heard Jason Kelsey kind of downplaying it, which is a good thing. Mm-hmm. I shoun't hear Gronk because I saw Gronk, Ocho Cinco Gronk downplay sounded it. Like, it, it basically making it sound like it was a, when you hit your funny bone. And I'm like, I don't know if I want to take medical advice from Gronkowski, also a dude who missed a lot of games in his career, also a guy who retired very early yeah, because it, of injuries. I'm sitting here like, uh, no. You're not a doctor. He just always I'm not either. He always <laughs> just kind of moved like a like Franken, Frankenstein. Anyway, I guess technically Frankenstein's monster. Yeah, Frankenstein's monster. Come on, get it right. I, we're, I, we're a classy show. I, we, we get this right. I wanted to make the the original reference and then correct it myself, so you knew how smart I was, but also that I'm approachable. Uh, but he's kind of he kind of always moved like Frankenstein's monster. You know, like I always kind of thought that his like arm with the big brace on it might just get pulled off at the forty. He'd walk back and pop it back in like a Lego. I always thought too that seemed a little unfair having that big of a brace. Yeah, because you just whack people with it. Travis Kelsey should play in like Assassin's Creed armor on Thursday night. Just like have spikes coming out of his knees, like a Roman chariot. How yeah. about that? 
I remember still playing. Do not run into the back of your own lineman. Holy I, bleep. I just remember playing basketball against my friend with a broken arm. It was his left hand, right? So his right hand was good. He's right-handed, so he's fine. But he had a cast. And you might think, oh, that's great because, you know, you can, he can move it still. But he would just use it to push off. He would just go into you and throw a cast. If you've ever been hit by a cast before, it hurts. It does not feel good. So I didn't feel great for him either. I mean, well, he did it, so he's the one initiating the contact. All I'm saying is, I felt like Gronkowski having that big ass arm brace was unfair. Do you want me to break your arm so you get better at basketball? I need something to get better at basketball. I'll work um, on it. But the bone bruise. Yeah. Have you had a bone bruise before? Because I have. It's Not that a, I'm aware of. I've had one on my heel. I didn't go to the doctor a lot. I've had one on my heel before, and it's miserable. You, it hurts to walk. To put any pressure on it. Now, a heel's a lot different than your knee. But a, bro- a bone bruise is not just a, hey, I have a bruise on my on my leg. Mm-hmm. It's not a Charlie horse. It's deep down in there. Right. Like, About, like to the bone. <laughs> to, to, to the bone. It hurts. So, I will bruise say. Bruise to the bone. I, <laughs> I almost hope he does not play tomorrow. Yeah. Because that 10 days off, that half by, yep. if you will. Yep. That is an ideal situation. So I hope, 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 hope. I don't care if he's 80%. Super Bowls aren't won in September. Yeah. You need Travis for the playoffs. Let him get right. I generally agree with that. The one little, like, slight pushback I might give is that also sometimes you hear about guys who, who like the longer layoff after getting out there and testing something a little bit. So if he wants, to, if he does go out there and he plays 20 snaps and then he's got 10 days to see how his knee swells back up again and how long it takes for it to get back down again and all of that. But it, my my theory, and obviously this this part is true, the, the Chiefs know what you just said. The, Chief, the Chiefs yeah. know when their games really matter. We just talked about them telling Chris Jones to take a hike for eight weeks so that he can <laughs> yeah. be back for the, 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 the home stretch, you could say. Ooh. But for Kelsey, it, it is obviously that. And also he, he turns 34, I think, in October. That's absurd. It is absurd, and I don't want him to play with one bum knee, and the next week his other hip is feeling feeling funky, and then his other ankle is feeling you know, the overcompensating for injuries and all of that. So if if you and I are a little bit gun-shy and a little concerned about his long-term health in light of all of this, I, I do think the Chiefs are also, which makes me feel a little bit better. And um, bizarrely enough, I think they'll beat the Lions either way. Yeah. Uh, Vegas does too and by the way Vegas is not in the business of losing money surprise them. let's take a quick break come back Briscoe sticking with us to wrap this up home stretch right here alright this or that I guess I keep forgetting to do this or that so uh, oh. we're going to come up with them off the dome we used to do it every week so. uh, yeah we used to we used to. We still kind of do. Uh, did Travis Kelsey steal my whole flow with the mustache thing? No. You guys just both have mustaches. His hair is completely different. What if His I... face is completely different. No, we look pretty similar. He physically is completely different. Yeah, some, they, they can, they... I think you share more DNA with me. the banana than you do with, with Travis Kelsey. Uh, have you seen the Savannah Bananas? I will take that. Um, does Travis Kelsey play tomorrow? I don't think so. I am ever so slightly... I don't know. I don't know. That was that gave me nothing. Uh, who has more carries tomorrow? I thought no this morning, and then but then Jason Kelsey's comments made me think maybe. Who has more carries tomorrow, Isaiah Pacheco or the field? The field combined. Yeah, Jer- the Jer- field. Not not Mahomes, but Jarek well, McKinnon. Still the field. You Jarek Jer- Jer- McKinnon and Clyde. Versus- I think I my hot take uh, that, that I sort of believe in is that I think Clyde Edwards-Helaire might lead running backs in snaps tomorrow for the wow. Chiefs. 
Wow. Um, let's go with Come on. Mahomes over under 16 yards rushing. That, that over hammer it. Yeah, me too. My okay. my I biggest. Put money on that. Oh yeah, yeah dude. Yeah. I think I, I went and I grabbed a 25er. Yeah, 16. Yeah. Where is it? 16. I thought I got it at 15 and a half. I had a. There was one that was like a plus a lot for him to go like over 40. I mean, I I and I, I put a shekel on that one. Okay, I like it. Okay, Mahomes uh, right. Uh, let's go with Donovan Smith. Better season at left tackle than Orlando Brown Jr. Just than last year's Orlando Brown Jr.? Yes. I, I think, genuinely, I think it's about the same. I think there's some moments of frustration that will be less amplified because he's not as expensive. Odds of seven wide receivers are active on the 46 seem pretty... Plausible! Plausible? Not plausible without Kelsey. Maybe plausible now. If one is to get not put on the active 46, who would it be? Who are you going to piss off? What fan base? It was going to be Richie James, but he's returning everything. Richie James is going to return everything, so it can't be him if Kadarius Tony is healthy. And if it's Justin Ross, it can't be Justin Ross because then the Chiefs will lose every game. How many snaps does Kadarius Tony play tomorrow? Good question. 15? How many snaps does Legereus Need play tomorrow? Almost all of them. Briscoe? It's been great. Fun. Football, baby. Football is back. One more sleep.